Matt, welcome to Talking During Movies. Here we are, two handsome gentlemen with great hats, great beards, and ready to tackle the world. How are you today, sir? I am ready to go, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you look great. Ah, you're too kind. You're too Lighter kind. Style. <laughs> so uh, real quick, uh, let's, uh, let's um, tell people about your business and how they can get in touch with you, uh, what's going on in your world, all those things. Yeah. Um, well, I live in South St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, I own a business with my youngest brother, Michael. Um, the business is in the event industry. So we do um, ancillary event um, services. So like photography, film, um, videography, um, DJ entertainment, um, lighting, um, decor lighting. Uh, we do day of coordination for weddings. We do coordination for large events as well. Um, live streaming video. That's been a, a very nice new thing that we've uh, we've learned to do very quickly and very efficiently as well. So, nice. um, yeah. So if anybody is having an event, if it's a corporate event, if it's a wedding, if it's a, um, anything that you're going to have together, you need someone to help create some magic and, and capture that as well. Um, we're there to take care of you. You can check us out at uh, completemn.com. Um, you can check us out on Facebook, Facebook forward slash completemn. Um, I believe our Instagram is completemsp. You want to check out our Instagram as well. So Awesome. And I'll tag you guys uh, when this goes live. You picked uh, a movie that is near and dear to, to both of our hearts. Do tell us about the movie, please. Yeah, I, uh, you gave me that top 10 and that was a, that was a tough one to do. Um, there's a lot of movies that I could put in and out, but uh, I think uh, one of my favorites is the, uh, the old school Superman, the 1978 version, um, who um, is always going to be Superman in my heart. So yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Well, listen, I'm going to hit, uh, I'm at about 24 seconds in. Uh, so I think the screen is still black on mine. Uh, and when you're at tw 24, 25 seconds, let me know and I'll hit play as well. We'll be all synced up and ready to go. And okay, then let's get that. we'll get, and then the, the kids will know where to start the movie as well. If they want to, uh, they like to email me and tell me they'll email <laughs> talking during movies podcast at gmail.com. You missed my favorite part of the movie. And I'll email them back. I don't know you or your favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny we're uh, listening in silence right yes yes please otherwise oh, people otherwise there are those movie people that get really mad at me yeah 
They, uh, oh man, this might be. They don't, they don't like that. And if not, I've got it on my end and you can just sit back, relax, and let's have a fun conversation. It's all good. Yeah. No, I'm good at 25. Perfect. 25 seconds. There we go. And I'm at 25. So, you know, um, let's, uh, you know, let's first kick it off this way. What's your first memory of Superman? Oh, man. You know, what's my first memory of Superman um, is on basically Friday and Saturday morning cartoons. Um, you know, I mean, they had DC or I can't even remember anymore, but I think it was like DC adventures or, you know, stuff like that. And they had the old mm. Superman cartoons that were on, um, that was the first time. And, and Superman's always been my absolute favorite hero, yeah. um, of all time. Um, and actually my fiance had likes to, likes to joke around and say, well, what does Superman have? I mean, he's just really strong and can fly and stuff. <laughs> just like, but, but Superman is every hero like every power almost you know like uh i don't know um but yeah i mean superman's always been a a big deal for me and i remember the first time my my dad had us uh sat us down and we watched it and i was absolutely in awe now you were born in 78 so you were born the year this came out how old were you when you watched superman i think it was 80 81 or 82 so it's one of my first memories i'm literally like four or five um and um superman 2 was out and so i almost kind of think that superman 1 and superman 2 were almost one movie to me because i was exposed to them together right nice uh, yeah so um so yeah i mean and actually when you do watch it it is kind of like one movie honestly i mean it's one yeah. of the first movies they actually set up a a sequel <laughs> in the first a good sequel right and, yeah, and really set it up as the movie you know through the middle of the movie you knew there had to be another one. Oh yeah yeah you, you knew it was going to continue so um yeah and just 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 seeing superman be superman and be super and fly and you know and i gotta tell you the uh the the anthem is still something i wish that they would be able to put in the new stuff too i miss that anthem oh i wish they would start like football games with that anthem Oh yeah. Oh, I, just, yeah. I, mean, I got goosebumps right now. I was, uh, my parents, when I was a kid, they were, uh, you know, they got divorced and uh, I would fly out to see my dad in Portland, Oregon. I mean, this is back in the day when they'd let me, they'd let a toddler on the plane by themselves. Right. So I'm like yeah. five years, I'm five years old. I'm on a plane by myself. They're like, yeah, just put the kid on there. We'll, we'll get him there. Trust me. You know, my, my parents are putting me on buses at seven, you know, take eight hour bus rides. They're like, if he comes back, we'll feed him. If he doesn't, I mean, you know, we've just lowered our bills quite a bit. He's a chubby little bastard. He <laughs> <laughs> so, turns out all right. I fly out, I go see dad, and he goes, we're going to go see a movie. For these, for these young people listening and for our friends, you know, all over the world, it's not like today. Like, I go take my daughter to a movie today, and we have the Alamo Draft House here, and I don't know what your movie scene is, um, you know, in, 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 your, in your neck of the woods, but here, the Draft House, you go online, you pre-order your tickets, you pick your seats, you go in, you sit down, you get this amazing pizza, you've got 20 different beers to pick from, you've got 40 different desserts, you've got boozy desserts, you've got kid desserts, you've got a kid's menu, you've got mini milkshakes, big, you've got everything, everything. No lines, walk in, you've got your little, you've got your phone, they scan it, you go right to your seat, no one's in your seat, you don't have to worry about sitting together, nothing. 
It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. <laughs> 1978. We're in my dad's Honda hatchback, two-door hatchback, driving down the road, and there's the movie theater, the magical, magical movie theater, and there's the line from the front, down the side, down the back, around the corner. Everybody wants to see it. Because that's what's going on, man. It's the it's movie. It's the thing. It's the thing. And you're in line not for this, not for the one o'clock show. You're in line for the for the three o'clock show or the three thirty show. You're gonna stay in line for two hours. You can go see Superman. And we stood in line and we got milk duds and I got a Coke. We got some popcorn. And that was like the thing for the two weeks that I gotta spend or the week and a half I gotta spend that summer with my dad. That was he was he, you know, he's a hairdresser. He didn't make a lot of money. And that was the, that was the expense. That was like the big ticket item right? And boom, we went. And to be there and think about it now as I've got a kid looking back and to have that moment that I'm four and a half, almost five years old, and I'm with my dad, hanging out in line, holding his hand, waiting to get in, being patient, knowing the reward is I got to see a dude fly. I got to see a dude save the world. I got to see this guy do magical, magical things. It has such a special place. I mean, I'm tearing up a little bit because it's such a special place in my heart that one, we got to spend that time together, not just in the line, but in the theater and create that memory. And people forget, you know, one of the reasons I did this podcast is because it's about memories and it's about talking about those memories and sharing those as something goes on. Every Thanksgiving, planes, trains, and automobiles is in my house and it's playing. And it's oh, yeah. being watched at least two or three times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because at the end, when John Candy walks in, you see the family. Every time I still tear up, I'm just like, oh, that's John. You know, just give him a chicken leg. You know, <laughs> he probably wants some ham and a hug. You know, and you know his wife's gone and you're just, you're like, oh my goodness. But you have those moments in that film in between and you're talking, you're talking with family, you're talking with friends, you're cooking up a storm. My wife's going nuts. She's like, you've been prepping for three days for a one day eating event. <laughs> got, up, <laughs> got up at 4am. He started drinking at 8am. <laughs> You're a psycho. What are you doing? <laughs> but then a moment comes on and the cooking stops. The conversation yeah. stops. Hold on. This is my moment. You know, like a chatty Kathy pulling your string. Those things you stop and do. And this is one of those you know, I mean, Marlon Brando, are you kidding me? The Godfather's out and he's in Superman, right? Yeah, right. Krypton, Krypton. Krypton. <laughs> Krypton. And, and he's crushing it. He's just, that, I mean, you look at him and you're like, yeah, that's the dude. That's the guy. Oh, yeah. His but, silvery hair is absolutely mind-bending <laughs> to me. As you take your hat off. Nice. <laughs> he is, but it is, it is one of those things where, you know, I... I think about it and I'm just, I'm blown away. I'm absolutely blown away because uh, it, it's just, you gotta, music and movies, man, they, 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 they do something to us. They pull something out of us. They, they, they make us remember things and stories and, and memories that general conversation is lost to, is absolutely lost to, you know? So these are, these are, these are really special and, uh, and a lot of fun. And I think, you know, people who think about Superman and they've seen the, the latest one, and you know, that gentleman, I forget his name, but he's you know, a handsome gentleman. Very, you know, he's lifted a couple of weights. Henry Cavill. He's, he's, <laughs> dude lifts some weights, right? Yeah. He's done some sit-ups and everything. 
Yeah. Christopher Reeve lifted some weights. You can tell, man. He you put some tell. work in that role. For, hey, listen, for a late 70s, that dude was strapped. Yeah. You know, today, they'd be like, Christopher Reeve has dad bod, but he's still a superhero. You know? <laughs> no, he's Superman, dang it. He's Superman. That's right, man. He's got always the, be Superman. He'll always Yeah, be those Superman. moments are special. Are we watching the movie, by the way? I guess I should ask that. I mean, Has it been of, going on? It's going on. Yeah, we're just we're cruising along. You know, we've got we've got some stuff happening, but uh, it's it's playing along. I'm at uh, let's see, I'm up at uh, eight minutes forty one, forty two, forty three, forty four seconds as as Brando's grilling the bad guys, which yes, people yes. forget about. People forget about this part, right? They always they they always think Superman started with the with the landing of of the of the pod of you know of going from Krypton to to. Uh, to uh, planet earth and they forget yeah. about this part where it really sets the stage and you know their most recent superman forgot about this part right you gotta no they, it's it's kind of it's kind of in there you Is know I, in there? yeah i mean they they do start it uh, it's a good origin story but i mean yeah. i I, w- I remember watching it thinking like i want more like ice world looking stuff like i just wanted it to look like the original a little bit more yeah um but uh, yeah, I, I love these scenes, especially with Zod and his minions getting uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, oh, I don't even. And no one's perfect in these. I mean, I think that's the other thing that I love about 70s and early 80s films is you see the flaws, like that guy's yelling and it's close up on his teeth. And I can see cavities and cracks in his teeth and yellow. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you, you do a close up. I don't on have cavities in Krypton. <laughs> <laughs> you do a close up these days, man. They got perfect teeth. Their science seal delivered. I'm yours. Hey, as we were talking earlier, and I want—I don't want to forget this. You had mentioned uh, your uh, brother-in-law's uh, car dealership and 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 what he does, and he's kind of a Superman in that area for the way he takes care of people and does stuff. Give him a quick shout out, please. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, just a quick shout out um, to Ben Footh. He owns Booth uh, Footh Auto in South St. Paul. Shout Minnesota. out to Ben. Powerful yeah, shout ben. out to Ben. Um, yeah, Ben. Ben is a really great guy. I've known him for a very long time. Um, he's my ex brother in law as well. Um, but I bought all of my vehicles from him, and he, he always goes above and beyond. And I've sent so many of my employees, um, so many of my friends to him, and they just take this crazy, super personal approach as to what you're looking for, what you need. And then, and then also saying like, maybe this isn't the right thing for you. Maybe this is a little bit better for you. This is what you can afford. They're not letting people kind of buy something that is outside of their range. They don't, they don't, uh, they don't have vehicles um, that are too old that are going to drive off the lot, you know, and have problems in, in two or three months. And if they do, they've, they, they take care of you. They just walk it in. They do repairs for free a bunch of times. I'm not saying that Ben does repairs for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, he, but, he, but he backs just, his word. Ben backs his word. And, yeah, uh, that's, a, that's exactly it. They're, they're, it's a company that backs its word, that does what it says it's going to do, and is always going to take care of their customers. And I've always really appreciated it. They even, the last one I bought, I said, here, I want something that's like this. I want this age. I want this many miles on it. He didn't have that in his lot. He just went and found it for me. Gave me pictures. Should I buy this at auction? Boom, you know, and uh, you know, get it taken care of. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a great business. Footh Auto. If you're selling, if you're buying a car, go check hey, them out. Check them out. It's a and and the, to, to show the quality of, of of what that means. In 150 of these that I've done, you'll be 100 151. Um, 
No car dealerships have ever been mentioned as a... <laughs> well, who respects no. car dealerships? That's right. <laughs> you're like, you go into car dealerships, you're like, I just hope I don't get totally screwed. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's good to hear that instead it's, uh, it's someone going, let me just look out for you. And, and that's the way businesses should run. Um, as, as, we're, as they're going through the origin story here, you know, uh, this um, 2020 has been rough on every business. I'm sure in the events business, it's um, been ex extremely uh, hard. What are, uh, what are some obstacles you've overcome? Uh, some insights maybe you could give to uh, just small business owners, or just general people who are out there who, you know, are listening to this as, as an escape and, uh, and might need a little uh, word of, of wisdom or insight. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we all know the pandemic has been going on for pretty much, it seems like this time last year, whether yeah. we knew it at the time or not, you know, we were kind of dealing with it. It seems like, um, it was, it was quite a bit of shock for, for me, uh, myself and my brother have made a lot of really good business decisions over the last year and a half to, uh, just kind of maximize what we can do with the company and maximize what we could do in our, our personal lives and made a lot of strong sacrifices and we're expecting a humongous, amazing year. And then the governor, you know, gets on, <laughs> on the phone and, and says, Oh, by the way, your industry is shut down all of it, you know? And, uh, that was, that was pretty difficult for us. Um, yeah. I think we, we lost a, a solid, you know, just with cancellations and events postponing from March and April and May and June and July and a lot of August as well. I mean, you know, it's hard to have a business and just watch hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue just be gone, you know, yeah. and gone, gone forever. So um, how do you even survive? You know, uh, what are you supposed to do? I do credit, you know, the government for at least having some sort of aid package that they did originally, you know, mm -hmm. something that was available. And, and I hope all of those that are struggling in this were able to take advantage of that. And I hope they do do another round of it because it kind of saved our life. We, I don't know if we would be able to be around at all if we weren't able to access some of those PPP loans and those idle loans that are available um, from the SBA. So that, that was helpful, but it wasn't helpful for a couple of months because there's no answers <laughs> yeah. for quite a long time. Um, and we didn't really know what to do. So, I mean, what, what, what did we do? We, we went ahead and, and uh, just worked with our clients the best we can, you know, make sure we weren't necessarily losing all of it, you know, but we were forwarding it to the future and working with them and helping them. And um, I can't imagine planning your own wedding and then it having just be canceled because of a pandemic. I mean, who thinks of that kind of stuff? My, my industry is supposed to be recession proof for God's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so, I mean, you know, but we made really good decisions and because we made those decisions beforehand, we had some money in the coffers to float us by, you know? And so instead of having a banner year, we're still in business, you know, and I do feel really bad for a lot of those businesses that, you know, don't have the ability to make those kinds of decisions for the future and are living on the revenue and everything's going out and, you know, your margins are so small and then business stops and how, how, how do you survive? I think you just have to grin and bear it and work a lot more, you know, even yeah. if you're not 
even if you're not being compensated for it, you know, you have to work past the hump to show where your future is going to be. And so we had to make some really strong decisions as far as what is this industry going to look like when we come out of this? Um, is it going to be temporary? Is it going to be forever? You know, I mean, are people literally not going to be able to go outside without a mask anymore? You know, and not because the government says we have to, but because you're just so nervous now because you've been trained in your brain because you know, you're, you're always in protection mode, you know, yeah. what kinds of things are permanently going to be changing? Uh, you know, so, so we went ahead and, and, and tried to make some decisions that were forward thinking and have helped us quite a bit, you know, in our survival to actually get some business during that time um, and some new business with like micro weddings, you know, yeah, you can only have 25 people. Well, great. Here's your photographer, your videographer, your DJ for sound and microphones and background music. You know, um, everything's three hours, three hours, three hours. Boom, 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 boom. You know, do that. Um, we were trying to figure out how to do live streaming, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and we went a very good professional route, which ended up being really nice for us, where all of our clients can have a professional channel and it's actually professionally produced live. Um, and then they have their wedding ceremony, you know, filmed and recorded, mm -hmm. you know, right there. And then anyone that can't come is able to see that. That's that's really helped quite a bit. Uh, the uh, the entertainment industry uh, for DJing, uh, we're doing a lot of interactive stuff. I don't know if you ever did Bargo, you know, or Bingo in the bar or oh, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. trivia in the bar, things like that. So incorporating certain social media aspects throughout that uh, that event to make it. Um, lively to make it fun to make it keep that communication going with posting pictures on a live wall you know at the event and making comments on the pictures um, doing trivia you know with uh, uh, the crowd based on the, the the bride and groom or whoever the you know quinceanera or whatever it is mm -hmm. um, just being really fun and interactive and interactive games um, try to set ourselves apart and maybe those things won't need to be there forever you know but yeah. maybe maybe they will but uh but who knows what the future brings well it's, it's interesting you know the, the 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 strategy that you took which was I, I think the the greatest asset of an entrepreneur which is take it on the chin walk yeah. forward right i mean just own it and talk to your clients not disappear uh you know i think some people <laughs> that's from rocky balboa one of my <laughs> third favorite movie of all time <laughs> it's a great film <laughs> You know, it, but it, it is one of those things where you just, you march forward and you're honest and hey, man, I understand and you're solutions oriented. Um, and I think people should be able to take a lot away from that, a lot, uh, especially just, it's, you're not recreating the wheel, you're reaching out, you're partnering, you're, you're leveraging existing technology, you're thinking what's best for your client, but also, you know, trying to fit in those guidelines as ever changing as they are, you know, from no one meets to, all right, five, okay, 25, but it's a wedding, but 20, if it's a graduation and it's 10, if it's a birthday, and you're like, geez, man, what's <laughs> every, well, every other day candles, they're out candles on a birthday. So that spreads it everywhere. And you're like, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I mean, obviously Harvard in 20 years, I say this a lot, but Harvard in 20 years is going to do a study and be like, communication 101, 2020, yeah, you fucked up, right? Yeah. You just, <laughs> right. didn't do it right. And that's okay because we have something that, that no one else has. You know, uh, 
I, I always challenge people on this, and I don't mean is it a negative thing to these other countries, but what's Russia created? Tell me about the great Russian computer company. Tell me about the great Russian car. Tell me about the great Russian clothing line. I'm, I mean, I'll wait because they don't have them. You know, tell me about China's great car. Tell me about the last computer that they didn't steal from Apple or from, or from Samsung. Tell, you know, tell me what they actually legitimately, honestly created in-house. And so when people have fears, I remind them, we're a land of ingenuity. We've got this thing, you know, we really do. We have this thing that just goes, okay, we'll work around it. Okay, we'll jump through that hoop, but then we're gonna circumvent this one. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna break through this door. We're not gonna take this, we'll take that. And we keep creating solutions in troubling times. And I think we're gonna come out of this better than ever. I really do. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think this is Krypton crumbling, right? <laughs> I don't. I, ironically, as Krypton is. As, as right, right, right now. I, I, yes. I time these things out every once in a while. <laughs> do a little bit of homework. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, I really do believe that, um, that we have an, an amazing opportunity for a couple of things. Uh, we have an amazing opportunity to reinvent industries and businesses. We have an amazing opportunity to show where um, industries and businesses have to stay the same or need to stay the same. You know, you can't, there's something special about a wedding and there's something special about being there, which is why you want to be invited to the wedding, right? Because right. it's special. If it's, a, if it's a Zoom, everyone can be there. Yeah. It's not special anymore. Yeah. There's also something about human in, inter, interaction and engagement. However, for what you've done, bridging those gaps, you know, making that wedding extra special for those 25 people to get to share that story, uh, you know, for the, for the DJ playing, you know, now, I mean, 25 people, dude, you get it. You get to interact with the DJ, you, you're yeah. getting the songs, exactly. I mean, there's some cool stuff that happens there. Is it perfect? No, but you can take the negative aspect, only 25 people, I'm really mad. Or you can go, shit, man. I gotta, I gotta hear Humpty dance twice because there's only 25 people and we all dance. So. Hey, and you know, those intimate events, you know, it depends on who you are, but uh, sure. you know, as an entertainer, most of my experience in my career was as a DJ and a host and, and an entertainer. And, and it, uh, those intimate events are sometimes the absolute most fun because you can really connect with all of those people. And if you can, that's the key to fun events is getting people comfortable in their own skin. And if people are comfortable enjoying themselves, having fun, <laughs> tell you what, nobody wants to stop having fun once they start, you know? I mean, that's kind of the key. So, I mean, I've had lots of events that were 30 people, 50 people, 60 people, and it's 1130 at night and you still got 45, 50 people there, you know? And it's, it's, it's about engaging people and, Something you said, you know, about just, um, you know, pe people wanting that interaction with each other. I mean, you know, we're doing all of these things to try and be fun and interactive without being as close as we normally would be. One of the things we're finding is that people are, are so starved for it that when you start to deliver that, um, it's almost like they immediately remember what life was like beforehand <laughs> yeah. you know and they're just all of a sudden everybody's jumping around and having a great time and you know we we try to do what we can to distance or whatever and you know people some don't some don't care some do care but uh the the 
we've we've seen that the parties we've been doing are actually a lot of fun and so couples out there and, and people out there that are putting events together know that there's a way to do it you know there is you know uh he's, he's closer to your neck of the woods uh dave Chappelle has been uh <laughs> doing stand-up comedy outside you know like 50 or 75 people you know social distance the whole thing yeah he's been doing it and you know and and uh Brett, burt kreischer you know uh burnt burnt chrysler has been out there you know on his bus tour doing drive-in movie theaters <laughs> and i love the ingenuity of it man i think it's awesome because they're you know who figures that out right i mean you can sit there and cry about it oh i can't do stand up or you can go out and do it and yeah. put yourself in that category with great entertainers and innovators because you're doing the same thing and that should inspire people to to look at what they're doing and try to change the game right uh even if it's for a short period of time is your investment in your clients in your business or is your investment in status quo yeah yeah that goes to your 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 russia comment too is that you know it's not that russia doesn't have things yeah. it's just that russia has the things that we made you know has the things you know it, you get to a certain point where you're like, you know, in, in certain structures, you don't, you don't innovate. You, you aren't forward thinking. You, you are redistributing, you know, so you're just working on something that's fixed and that's all that's there. And you're working on dis redistributing, you know, that product, that service, that whatever is in the now, but there's no incentive to go that extra mile mm -hmm. to make the mousetrap better, to, um, to find or, different ways of manufacturing it less expensively, you know, yeah. like, or just make you know, the mousetrap, right? Or, or just, just like, make a mousetrap. Yeah. You know, if you're in a system and in a society where, where innovation and creative thinking is not part of it, you lose that, that part of your brain just kind of shuts off. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, you know, it's not that it's okay or not okay as much as it is. That's, that's, that's unfortunately the patch of dirt some people are born on, as Joe Rogan would say. And that's okay. Um, it, it's kind of a bummer in some capacities for them, but it creates an amazing opportunity for us because we get to drive where the world goes. What, that's, why we're, that's why we're a leader. Free thought, free expression, free movement, free creation. It's, it's beautiful, you know, and it's... And there's also, um, I think the difference is, is, you know, as I'm watching Superman here and he's, he's looking at the cheerleader and he's not on the football team. Mm. Why are you on the football team, man? You could, you would have a division one scholar. You would be the best. You, you, you would be the guy who got the Heisman trophy for four years in a row. And but, squeezing on Lana Lang. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, and I think there's, um, I mean, I guess if there's one thing we could probably all learn is from Superman is probably uh, a little humility in our strengths, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's some of the reason why Superman's not believable sometimes too. To <laughs> you know, I it's mean, it, it, it's the thing that, uh, that endears me to Superman the most is how good of a person Clark Kent is you know, in just in real life and mm -hmm. um, that he is truth, justice in the American way, you know, and he is the, the boy scout. And, you know, I have my love for the anti-heroes too and the heroes that earn it as well, um, sure. you know, but something about it, 
and something about that perfect superhero that just, I want to look up to it. I, I want to be that someday, but I can't because I mean, I'm a person, which means I'm at least partly terrible, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's also, right. It's, it's the idea of, of doing something just to do something. And, and, and we've started, I started to see that a little bit with, with COVID, right. Where you get these posts mm. now on Facebook that just say, Hey, if you're in need, don't DM me. No one's going to know. I'll help you. I'll bring you food. I'll get gas in your car. I'll help you. And yeah. I, what I don't think people realize is not only is that just part of the American DNA of helping your neighbor, that's also very Superman-esque, right? Because yeah. he is, um, he's Clark Kent, but he's really Superman. And yeah. You know, it's easy for people, you know, who are superhero fans to poo-poo and go, Jesus, it's glasses. Glasses are a disguise. But they're missing, they're missing the point of understanding the difference between action and humility and yeah. where you can be a humble servant to people and still change the world and not have to get the accolades. That's Clark yeah, Kent. Sure. You know, it's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty crazy thing. And, 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 I, and, I, and I think it's, a, it's one of the most beautiful things about the movie and that I, I don't think enough people take away from it is you can do great things and it's okay if only you know you did great things <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think about that when you uh when you hear people talk about uh corporate charity you know um you know oh well they're only doing that for the tax write-off they're only doing that for whatever and you know maybe they maybe they've got a point you know maybe they are doing that for notoriety and they're doing that for the tax write-off and in my head, I'm like, well, who cares? <laughs> the charity's getting done. You want to knock a gift horse in the mouth? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the charity's going out, and that's what's really important, you know. And if there's some motivation behind it, well, okay, fine. You know, let some motivation be behind it. And you know, I I think to myself, I should take advantage of that more often. I do a lot of volunteering, a lot of charity work, and boy, I never tell anyone. It's kind of an accident. I don't tell anyone a lot of times, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but it's not the real reason I do it. I think, oh, well, I am doing this, so I could, you know, maybe show some people I'm doing this, you know. I don't really ever do that very often, but uh, um, always doing the charity, though, and feel good about it, just because it's the right thing to do. We do a, uh, every year, and I don't know how we're going to do it this year. I got, we got to figure it out. Uh, the last seven years, I think the last seven years, we've, um, we do a cookout in September, Oktoberfest. So I call oh, a beer fine. company. I need beer. They give it to me. God bless them. Austin Beer Works here in Austin's done it. Uh, let's see who else. We got uh, Circle Brews done it for us. Um, we also, we had the great people at Independence help us out. We've done a lot of different breweries have helped us out. And then my buddy Jay, who owns a restaurant, he gives us all the bratwursts and all the buns and all the fixings. And so I cook. My buddy Trey bartends. Uh, our other buddy Ryan kind of makes sure everything's set up and he's making sure people are happy and he's cooking pretzels and we're taking pictures and we're having fun. And last year, I think we uh, raised enough money for 9,000 meals for the food bank, but they oh, know us now at the food awesome. bank. So we yeah. roll in, they, we roll in and we drop off the cash and there, there's always a new, there's always a new secretary. There's always a new gal up there. Right. But uh, we roll up and we're like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Drop off this bag smells like beer and grease and it's you know it's dirty <laughs> just full of cash just you know <laughs> cash and checks and everyone eats for free all all the food and all the drinks are free 
just oh, don't drive, okay. don't drink and drive. All the food and drinks are free. Just give, give a donation. That's all I ask. And so we do this and we drop it off. And now the gal knows me, kind of the head donations gal. And she goes, he doesn't want his picture taken with a check. He just wants to drop the money off. Yes. And she goes, who's the beer company? Who's the restaurant? Tell her the beer company. Last year was Independence Brewing. It's Independence Brewing. We drank some Power and Light. We did uh, the Native Texan. We had a great time. She goes, okay. And she goes, who's the uh, restaurant? And I go, it's a Far West Bar and Grill in Austin, Texas up there. She goes, okay. Writes them down and I leave. And, oh, you know, we have some people like, hey, man, you should get the news out here. Like more people should do this. And there's a part of me. I mean, I know news people. I can call them. There's also one that goes, I don't, man, I don't want the attention for this. I want people to do it. Like I would like the news to put a story out going, hey, you know what you should do? This. But I don't need to be on camera telling people to do stuff. You either want to do it or you don't. You either want to be behind a grill for eight hours while drunk people are like, the bra was ready, or you don't. And you're drunk with them and you're like, yeah. I mean, last year I went crazy. I did a, yeah, a, I did a, I did a habanero, onion, um, uh, beer, boiled bratwurst, and then I did a regular one, and then I did a stout that I, that I boiled the brats in. So you had three different options. Wow. And, and, you know, and then we, we, we're just going, but we're having fun because why not? Why wouldn't you have fun? Why wouldn't you go after this? Why wouldn't you just try to make it the best you can possibly make it? And, you know, you, you, you go after things like that because it is fun, because you enjoy it. You know, see, you know people aren't going to see that I saw is when you're talking about how you, you know, you're giving back and you like to do it is a smile instantly came on your face. That should be it for everybody, whether you're mowing a neighbor's lawn because they're in the hospital or they're just, you know, old and they just, it's hard for them to do, or you're dropping off groceries to a neighbor because they're not feeling well, or you're doing something like that. Folks, it makes a difference. It makes a difference in you and your heart. And it makes a difference for that person that I don't think they could ever probably communicate. It's one of those things where the, those are some of the best feelings in life and the best moments that you do feel when you know that you've actually made a difference in somebody's life. And you, mm-hmm. you know that you've put a dent in some of their despair, it, that you've, you've brought attention to something that, uh, that people should, should know about and care about more. I mean, the feeling of, of having that kind of productivity is, is second to none. I just, you know, I think it loses that if it's forced. So it, it has to be something that is that comes from your heart that you want to do to or in order to get that feeling. You know, um, I think sometimes in this society, we get a little bit too far into trying to force people to do what other people think is good for other yeah. people, you know, um, and don't realize that you're not going to get that kind of satisfaction um, from that approach. You're going to get that satisfaction when it's in your heart and you know that this is what you want to do to help somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's a, it's a, uh, there, there where I think we're living in uh, once again, I'll say it again. I think we're living in interesting times and in a time when uh, we can make these changes and, uh, and incorporate more of these things into our lives. You know, we're, we're bombarded by Instagram and Facebook and look at me and how many likes did I get and who saw this and what were the comments and Hey, do you, be happy. Get after it, man. Uh-huh. Race life. 
If people follow, great. If they don't, that's okay too. PayPal, Time Magazine, folks, look this up. It's hilarious. Time Magazine called PayPal when it first came out, the top 10 worst technologies to launch that year. Mind me if I Venmo you a couple bucks. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, and look what it started. Look at the revolution it started. Did they quit? No, they didn't quit. They didn't quit at all. They just marched forward. Why? They had a vision, a dream, and a passion. And they weren't caring about impressing Time Magazine, which sounds ridiculous. They yeah. didn't care. Yeah, where's Time Magazine, by the way? It's, it's, it's a digital version. It's pretty cute. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't shit on it too much. The company I work with was just in it, so we kind of celebrated that. <laughs> there we go. That's pretty awesome. All right, all right. All right. No, but I mean, yeah. it, but it is. It's one of those things, right? Um, I would be, you know, this, this podcast is full of hard left turns. Uh, I would be remiss if, if not asking. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you feel comfortable, if you don't, there's no wrong answers here. But any, um, I, I look sometimes on, uh, on the chive or, you know, fail salad, you know, all these other things. And I see these weddings where something crazy happened. Any crazy wedding stories that you've ever seen or is, is, has life been pretty, pretty good to you as far as wedding events go? Oh, crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> Hard left turn. Um, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. This is, this is the, you know, listen, man, there's something pops in my head. This is yeah. why I tell people, I get done with the podcast sometimes and people are like, oh, I wanted to talk about this point in the movie. I'm like, interrupt me. I don't care. I'm a babbling <laughs> fool. <laughs> All right. I'll interrupt you when it comes to points in the movie. But, I love uh, it. Please. Right. Um, yeah, as far as the stories, I, you know, sometimes I've been doing this so long, I'm not sure if they're my stories or other stories, you know, from other yeah. crew members sometimes, because you, you tell the story so much, you almost remember it in your own mind. But sure. Uh, um, gosh, I remember there's, uh, well, there's one event. Uh, gosh, it was, it was at one of those lodges. This is kind of back in the day, you know, okay. um, late 90s, I would say, early 2000s, around there. The party sort of a moose, was strong. Yeah, kind of a moose lodge sort of vibe, Ooh, you know, that was right. going on. Um, it was very fun. Um, got a little wild. There were lots of drinks and they were flying. Um, literally drinks were flying through the air. Um, the, what, the, the, the floor got so like wet right? That groomsmen were like doing slip and slides, you know, on the floor and they were just so hammered. It was just unbelievable. And I, they're like this big dude is really like, Oh, Hey, watch this, you know? And he's like a bowling ball and like, he's going to do a slip and slide, but he's in front of my, the sound system, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he's just rolling down, like he's slip and sliding on his belly, like in a, a floor full of liquor sliding right into my sound system and oh, had to dude. jump, jump up, jump over the table in front of him and tackle him <laughs> um, before he literally hit the system to destroy everything. So <laughs> the deposit so, doesn't cover this champ. You're going to get tackled. Yeah, yeah, this is not going to happen. Um, and I remember this because, I mean, I, because I did that, my tuxedo was not in the best shape. Um, smelled a lot like Southern Comfort and uh, whatever else whiskeys and beers were on the floor at the time. Um, but I do remember uh, driving home and getting pulled over. <laughs> oh, shit. 
trying to convince the officer that I hadn't been drinking. Uh, I tackled a big guy. <laughs> yeah, you... you try to tell that story to somebody, you know, <laughs> especially to a cop. Like, oh, oh, that's what happened. Okay. I smell some alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Funny you should smell that, sir. Funny you should say that. I might be drenched in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, so I used to. Uh, to, to the chagrin and, and man, some, some of my old friends get mad when they hear these stories, they don't like them. So I was a pastoral ministries major in college. Okay, and, yeah. And uh, you know, I'm talking assembly of God, tambourine, banging, speaking in tongues, yeah. running down the aisle with the hands up kind of people. And uh, I left that, but, I, but I, 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 I can marry and bury in all 50 states. So, you know, kind of exciting. And uh, I did this wedding down in Cabo for my buddy, Jesse. And man, the night before the wedding, we are, I'm, I'm telling people, I'm like, hey, we get the tequila comes up. And I get the, uh, the owner of the restaurant. I said, hey, can you bring some orange slices up? And we're, you know, he's like, we're in Cabo. And the guy's like, oh, shit, you know how to drink tequila. And I'm like, yeah, orange slices, no lime. Come on, man. Lime brings out the natural earth tones of tequila. Uh, oranges bring out the natural sugars in tequila. So it just gives a whole different flavor profile. So we're doing, so all of a sudden I'm sitting down at this table and it's the your reception dinner and I'm sitting down, hanging out and doo -doo 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 -doo, we're sitting down and you can tell, I'm, I, I told Jesse, I'm like, sit me with the partiers. And he's like, absolutely, bro. You love to drink. We love to drink with you. Let's do this. So I'm sitting with the partiers and they're just like, fuck, I am sitting with the pastor. I can't get a drink. I have to watch <laughs> my language. Like there's all this stuff going on. And I order a tray of tequila shots with orange slices. And the party starts. And I'm talking shots. He has, some of his buddies are professional boxers. I mean, we are going crazy having fun. We are lighting this restaurant on fire with good times and loud music. <laughs> the next morning comes, I am, you know, closer to 50 than 45 and still never had a hangover in my life. And I feel great. And the, you know, the groomsmen are shit can't just, just throwing up ruined, ruined. The bride is ruined. You know, Jesse's <laughs> feeling sick. And I'm like, Hey guys, are we ready for a wedding? And they're just like, what did you do? What did you do? I hate every ounce of you. So I'm like, Hey, everyone have a beer shot tequila. We're, you guys are going to be good. I'll do one with you. And they're like, we're not ever drinking with you again. You're <laughs> not again. We get done in the middle of the wedding, two people, their beer bottles drop because they're trying to sober up, you know, or they're trying to keep the party going in some capacity to not throw yeah. up. <laughs> one person throws up, two people drop beer bottles. Everyone looks green and I look great. I'm like, I'm getting these pictures. Can I get these pictures? I'm such a self-serving asshole. I'm like, can I get one of these? This is a little, uh, I look really good in this suit. This oh, yeah, is really great. This is, you got my side. You got, you got the good side, the strong chin line. You hid my gut. This is fantastic. Like, I'm in. We have this epic party. Then again, later that night, everybody rebounds. We have a good time. You know, just tear it up. Have a great time. And that's just how I, I, I now, and moving forward, that's just how I did weddings. And I would just party it up the night before with everybody. My buddy Mitch, when he got married at the wedding, I told him, I was, you know, we get done with the wedding and then you do the dinner. And I said, once again, sit me with the partiers. And he sits me with the partiers and poor Mitch, you know, these guys are like, oh, fucking pastor. 
Again. Can I get a little water? Can I get a Diet Coke? I'm like, Jesus, can I get a shot of tequila and a beer? And they're just like, you drink? Cocktails. You know? <laughs> and they're on their way. Let's go. Let's make this a fun wedding, man. Let's make some memories. I did one. My buddy Dennis married, the, married my other friend, Misty. And Misty is Italian. I mean, it's 100% Italian, through and through Italian. And her Sicilian grandmother's there. This lady's got a cane and she's got a knife inside that cane. She'll stab you. She's crazy. And I'm doing this. She's prepped. Oh, she's prepped and ready. <laughs> she's ready. You cut, you try to cut in front of her getting one, <clears throat> knife you, right? And we're hanging out. And so we're doing the wedding. And I, 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 I improv a little bit. So I go over the whole thing about what we're going to talk about. And I said, you know, when I was talking to Dennis and uh, Misty, I said, what's a song that really resonates, you know, for you as a couple? And of course, Dennis and Misty both said at the same time, the first song that came out was Feel Like Making Love. And the whole place <laughs>, laughs, except for Grandma. <laughs> Grandma's got, she's got the eye on me, right? She's, she's giving me the, the one, two, and she's doing this and doing that. And then um, we get done. And everyone else laughs, right? And then we get done. Oh, thanks, kiddo. We get done, and all of a sudden, grandma's trying to find me. She's got problems with what I said. With you. <laughs> and so there's three little pop-up bars. Grams. There's a wine bar, there's a beer bar, and there's a booze bar. And I'm bouncing in between bars trying to dodge grandma. And all night they'd be like, Grandma's coming, grandma's coming, grandma's coming. I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. I'm gonna drink wine now. And I just walk as fast as I could to the other place and get it. And she hunted me through the whole wedding until I finally left. And to this day, Misty will tell me, she's like, if my grandma sees you, she's gonna hit you with her cane and stab you. <laughs> it was adamant the whole day, like that whole evening. The like, whole time. <laughs> she's just stalking you, like oh. when I get my chance. <laughs> I didn't like that joke. I didn't find oh, it grandma. funny. Grandma was not having any of it. I'm gonna let you know best. about it. Oh man, it was, but those are the things that make life special. You know, it's like some people, I, I, and I wanna get your insight on this because you do so many events, you engage with so many people. Is it the memory, you know, at the time, right? Someone's embarrassed, you know, and someone's having fun and other people are confused, but the memory and the story are so funny how do you, when something awkward happens, how do you balance that? You know, with, with the person writing the check and they're like, I can't believe my uncle Tommy. And you're like, well, first of all, I didn't invite Tommy, you did. <laughs> you know, in five years, this is gonna be the story that's gonna make the whole table laugh. Yeah. How, how do you balance those things where you want, everyone, you want the people who are writing the check to have the greatest time possible, but when something might be amiss, or how do you explain that or, or walk them through that? Oh, yeah, I, I think the best thing to do is just kind of how I will prep clients uh, before their events, too. Even smarter, um, you're doing it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, go, just going um, through plans and details and just instilling that there's some sort of um, um, just 
having reasonable expectations for mm-hmm. what can happen in a live event, you know, okay. and then, you know, explaining to them that, you know, these are our plans and they might go perfectly this way. And this is a great guide. Um, but live events are very lively <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Who may not show up, who might say the craziest thing you've ever heard of whose ex-boyfriend can show up. You know, you never know what can actually happen. So just remember that you're getting married. Mm-hmm. and this is beautiful and this is the whole point and the celebration is simply your gift to your guests to say hey thanks for coming to this wonderful event that means a lot to me you know personally and that's all that really matters and let's go with the flow and let things fall by the wayside because those things that might make you upset now may be the thing that you're laughing at five years from now as the funniest stories of your event. Just, you know, I mean, just like you said it really, I mean, but it's more like a prep. And if, 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 if it's during the event, I mean, it's, it's, you know, your bedside manner needs to be really good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess. Um, but yeah, just, just calm down. This isn't no thing, you know, we've got it taken care of. Everything's going to be great. Um, I'll tackle know, Bubba. Nobody even knows. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, I know that, uh, that, uh, that toast went on for 25 minutes, but, um, and said a lot of bad things, but uh, at least I, uh, at least I played the blooper reel to get him yeah. off of the microphone, you know, <laughs> made and made everyone else laugh. You know? That's right. Uh, little sound, blah, 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 <laughs> Little sound effects. Everybody laughs and they get it. And okay, I guess I went too far. I like that. I like that. It makes you know, something fun out of it. It takes a uh, it takes a special person to to balance that, right? Balance expectations, balance challenges, and then uh, balance mm. changes in real time. Yeah. Uh, it, it 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 takes a, a temperament and a, and a special personality. I wonder, well, especially real time, especially real time. Yeah, I mean, being able to think on your feet when craziness happens mm-hmm. and you literally in your head within like 25 seconds you're like plan a plan b plan c plan d <laughs> like start implementing now you know um you know it's uh it, that's a temperament that you do need in the industry if you do not have it you will fail and fail miserably and you will melt into nothingness because uh it those are hard positions to be in you know and you've got to make it right and you got to make it right right now yeah. Absolutely. We did, uh, my buddy, uh, Jason Mockaby got married and it was up in the central, Ca- central coast, California. And we're hanging out, we're having fun and the wedding starts. <laughs> I'm sorry. Clark's being a klutz and it's, hilarious. I know Clark's is, and, he is. And, yeah, and this how? is why, this is, is why Christopher Reeve is the best Superman. And this is the only reason that I, I think Henry Cavill is a little bit less of Superman is because of this Clark Kent. This Clark Kent is the greatest disguise for Superman. It's not, it's not, uh, it's not the glasses. It's all of Clark Kent. It's, it's, it's the mannerism. Yeah, it's the mannerism. It's the, oh gosh. And it's the cl- clumsiness. It's the tripping over himself. It's the not being, being incredibly uncomfortable in a social, you know, setting. You know, all of those things like make his, his disguise fantastic. And then when it was the, uh, the Man of Steel, I was so excited to see his Clark Kent at the end. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait a second, you're, but you're just Superman with glasses because you're still yeah. cool and you still look really great. And you're, 
You're still a stud. Like Clark Kent's not a stud. He's not. <laughs> Clark Clark Kent's an oaf. God, you know? that's great insight. It's so true. You know? And so, yeah, it's just like I can't. And Brandon Ralph, when they when they did the Superman Returns, he he pulled off Clark Kent as well. You know, mm-hmm. I think he did it really well as well. And I think that's why I like that movie too. But I like them all. But anyways, tangent. Sorry, you no, said no, I no. Interrupt. That's perfect because you're, <laughs> you're so. It's so right. Henry Cavill is not. He's not a klutz. You don't look at that guy and think you're going to open a soda wrong. You don't look at that guy and think you're going to talk to the girl wrong. You're not going to talk to the boss wrong. You're not going to actually bump into somebody. You're not because he's in that three-piece suit and he's, he's still a GQ model walking down the runway who doesn't yeah. make a mistake and doesn't have a spot on him. And yeah. you, look at, you look at Christopher Reeve right here and you're like, I'm assuming there's a mustard stain somewhere around there. And there's a little donut schmutz for sure somewhere. And his breath <laughs> might smell like coffee. Right? 100%. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. And he's running into doors. He's running into doors. <laughs> but he looks I mean, like he's the about guy. to run into a door. But he looks like the guy that's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Henry yeah. Cavill just takes doors off frames. Yeah. Yep. He's Superman. Whether he's Clark or whether he's Superman, he's Superman. But, uh, Christopher Reeves really turns into a bumbling Clark Kent and it's, it's just fun. It's part of the humor, you know, it, I, that's part of the reason why these movies are endearing to me too, is it, it, it's a little bit of camera. It's like, I can't do it. Oh, jeez. Sorry, the first case. Oh, what an idiot. Of course he's not Superman. Superman would never act this way. How dare you? And he walks with a hump. Like, he's just, you know, he's hunched over. He's, you know, not 6'4". He's six foot. Yep. He is, uh, he's he's awesome. And look at him, he's like, nope, 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 please don't rob her. I mean, he even looks nervous. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's so, so good. We, um, uh, so one last wedding story here. So my buddy Jay Mock, he's getting married and, uh, we're at this winery. It's beautiful. We're drinking wine, smoking cigars. We're having a great time. We do the wedding and across the street is a, well, across the highway is a high school. Well, they didn't, what the wedding people didn't tell us, what the high school didn't tell the wedding people or the winery is that it was their summer talent show, rock and roll summer talent show. And it was all these oh. junior high kids who got electric guitars, and drums, and they just got to jam out. And then this one young group, junior hires or high schooler kids, they had a band and they were playing their CD. Well, Wait, what? Yeah, so they, so they were there selling their CD and they're gonna play all the songs off their CD. Oh, gotcha, okay. And it was, I mean, every time we started the vows, uh, Jody, his, his wife, her like 90 year old grandfather is trying to do the wedding. Oh. But then there's crazy, like, high school rock and roll. Bullshit rock and roll. Not good rock and roll. And so every time you're like, and do you, Jason? F2 crayons. And the wedding planner's freaking out. She doesn't know what to do. My buddy Brett. So this is happening, like, on the side. Yeah, on the side. This is just, like, another thing that's going on. Yeah, and it's so loud. You can hear it during the outside ceremony. And the wedding planner's freaking out. My buddy, Brett, he's like 6'4", he's Italian, he's psychopathic. I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna turn the power off at the school. I'm gonna break into the school, I'm gonna turn the power off. You know, we're just like, (laughs) Jesus, Brett, please don't get arrested, don't kill a kid. So we get through, 
and I grab one of the kids who's there who kind of looks like that age group to go over there because we didn't want to be threatening or imposing. The kids are having fun. They don't know there's a wedding going on, right? Yeah. So we go over, I give them 40 bucks. And I go, I need a CD, but I need every one of those band members who played that shit music to sign it. He's like, <laughs> okay. So he goes over and then 10 years later, I mail it to Jody and Jason. And I go, remember these songs? Happy anniversary. Oh! <laughs> Happy anniversary. Brother. Uh, are they listening to those songs just thinking of Gramps? Trying oh, to struggle man. through. Man, just, but it went from, you know, a horrible experience to, like you said, right? At the moment, it's bad. But then, if you can have positive reflection, you're married. You've got like, she's got like five kids. I mean, they're just, they're popping yeah. up kids. They're making a village over there. But it's like, you do whatever you want to do, but play this CD for him. It's garbage music. Plus, <laughs> it's the garbage music that ruined your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see him like hanging out on the back porch, lighting a candle, you know, pouring some wine. You know, I love you. I love you too, honey. Let's put on some background. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was, man. Oh, that's the a, romance. Oh, the romance is not dead. It's not, mm. not dead ever, ever. But you know what? To, you know, I, I think um, if that wedding planner would have been you or would have been someone with your temperament, right? They would have done that. They would yeah. have gone over and been like, hey, negative now. <laughs> Maybe positive later. I mean, get it framed at the very least. Get it framed. This is, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Just get it you framed. You don't even know it. What's that CD doing up there? Well, kids, here's a funny story. Oh, can we listen to it? No, no, no. It's garbage. We're not going to listen to some horror. I'm not going to actually let, I, you know, I torture my daughter with garbage music. Well, not garbage, some garbage. Since she was a, since she was a little girl, uh, my, my time was always, um, you know, it's, when she was born, wife had a C-section. She couldn't get out of bed and feed her at night. Stomach and guts were cut open and tore out and all that shit. So I'd get up. Great. I got this one-on-one -on -one time with my kid. And I would play my music for her. And some of it good, a lot of it bad. So she knows Muddy Waters and loves, and loves Muddy Waters. That's my dog. He's a basset hound. And he is really loud because someone is knocking on my door and wants to play with my daughter. This is the fun of, of recording. <laughs> Jesus, folks. And I love it. My wife's like, he's recording. She's talking to the dog. Ancho, he's recording. And he's like, I know. I know it's okay, <laughs> but somebody's at the door. Someone's here. They dropped something <sighs> off. It's terrible. But uh, so we do this thing, and um, shit. What was I talking about now? God bless. I forget. The dogs. Uh, the the frame. The story. The frame. Um, the story. We were, and then we were doing something. Evidently, not that important. Obviously, it'll it'll, it'll come back obviously. at some point in time. What um looking at uh. Well, that investigator just bit it. The so. investigator, <laughs> yes. Where do you, um, you know, in this, in, in super villains, especially back in the day, right? We've got, we've got Gene Hackman here. Oh, the I crazy. can't wait to see the first scene with him. I know, right? <laughs> and it's just like, here comes the train. What are you doing? Is he going to let me in? And I love all the, it's like nuclear launch codes to get in, right? Yeah. Like, hey, hey, what? No, there's yeah. a trench. Son of a, come on. Oh, he didn't bit it. He's about to bite it. There He's go. about to, right? 
and it's yeah. just but it's it's so hilarious that it's just you know oh they're ugh. if anyone ever wonders why we think jeff bezos is a supervillain, just watch this movie <laughs> <laughs> why is that <laughs> Gene Hackman, he's like, he's a little bit back in the day, right? Yeah. A little bit ripped, right? Yeah. He's, got, he's got all the stuff going on, man. He's a good supervillain. He's the Lex Luthor. He's the guy. I'm telling oh, you. Yeah. He's got oh, to yeah. look like Bezos. Yeah, I see that. And, like, and there he is. He's got the hair in this one. It's, the, it's Superman 2 where he goes to prison and he's bald, right? Yeah, he's bald now. He's, they, he, he wears wigs. He's he got wears 10, wigs, 000, yeah. He wears 10,000 different wigs or whatever. Yep. But I love how he dresses like Liberace. Yes. <laughs> he's got this... Uh, his test you know, At some point, villains lost flair in the movies. Yeah. Actually, this is my favorite part about him as a, a villain. And kind of in this movie, it's, it's, a, it's a testament to movie making and good story writing. Mm -hmm. Because if you notice something, there's almost like, I mean, there is big violence, like, you know, nuclear missiles and stuff. Sure. But there's, there's, there's no fighting in this movie. Yeah. It's, like, uh, like, literally, Superman doesn't fight with anyone. He does mm -hmm. super magical, awesome things. And, and, and uh, um, Gene Hackman doesn't fight with anyone either. He just, you know, it's just all brain. You know, it's just, it's, it's all like writing and telling the story in different, uh, different ways, but there's not like a ton of action action in the movie and it still, you know, holds you like you feel like there is lots of action in the movie. Yeah. They've got a, they've got a really unique way of, of, of playing this where you, in your mind, you almost assume the fights happen. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, yeah, you're completing it in your head. Yeah. And they're letting you. So every fight scene is different because yeah. you did it your memory created it or your thought yeah. at the time created it i love his little henchman guy oh yeah right oh, what's um, his name i can't remember uh is that i mean um, i know him that's yeah glenn ford is it yeah but i don't know his name in it and then his, you know, and then he's got, you know, of course, the, the, the beautiful uh, lady sidekick, if you will, who's smoking the long, long syrup. Miss Tessmacher? Yes. <laughs> She's got the long, mm, like a Virginia Slim on steroids. Oh. It's a Virginia Slim that hit, that hit a growth spurt all of a sudden. <laughs> it's got one of those plastic extender Cruella de Vil deals on it. Oh, it's, the, you know, it's it's one of the weirdest movies I've seen in the way that it takes campy without being campy. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of good vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> I can think of a lot of different times where Superman just says some crazy stuff. Crazy <laughs> things. But also that the depth of getting to know This is where Arnold learned all his one liners, probably. Yes. Right? Superman movies. Yeah. But it's, it's the depth of getting to know the bad guy in a different way. Like, you know, you see a bad guy in a movie today and he's like, he shot someone. You're like, that's the bad guy. Okay, yeah. got it. But you got Gene Hackman in here and he's setting up this story. He's got this cool technology. He's got the beautiful lady. He's got this little henchman. He's got ideas. He's planning it out and he's telling you exactly how he's going to do it. But Almost not in a Scooby-Doo way. Yeah. <laughs> way. It's really cool. 
you know, uh, would have gotten away with it too. It wasn't, wasn't for, for you. Kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like the uh, Michael Keaton Batman, right? Oh yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. another one where where you believed yep. he was Bruce Wayne, but you also believed he was Batman. Yeah. And the and the and the first one, right? The bad guys were the bad guys, and and you, and it really followed more of a comic book style. Um, it was, you know, I mean, I think Michael Keaton, you know, as far as duplicity as Bruce Wayne and Batman was the best Batman. Uh, you know, I think Christian Bale was in the costume, the best Batman, you know, uh, probably the most, the best action Batman. Yeah. Best action. You know. Batman. Yep. Yeah. But uh, Michael Keaton, which is weird because he was always a comedian. Yeah. It, I don't, I don't really understand the casting, but for some reason, man, he donned that suit and he just looked like Batman should look, you know, yep. and how his facial structure should look. And it's just, it's just weird. But <laughs> it's, yeah, Michael Keaton's still the best Batman to me too. Yeah. It's, you know? And I, I'll admit I liked Ben Affleck's Batman. You know what? I liked him as well. I thought he got, I thought he got a, a bum rap. Yeah, he got hosed. But I think it's also because one of the things that we always saw in Batman that Ben Affleck was different in is we saw a slender Batman, which you would yeah. think of as kind of like this, oh, you're the playboy around town. You're yeah. 180 pounds, six pack cruising around. And Ben Affleck came in at like 260, shredded, bowling. He was the Henry Cavill, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. he did a better job being Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And, maybe yeah. and he's, he's also supposed to be a 50-year-old Batman, yeah. you know, too. So, I mean, you know, 10 years of steroids, anything can happen. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what, you know, scene. you think about it, right? So you think about this Christopher Reeve and this whole cast. They get the phone call. You're like, hey, you're going to be Superman. He's like, okay, thank you. And like, you're going to be Lois Lane. She's like, that's fantastic. You know, you get through the whole crew. You think about that movie setup and you think about what they did the next day, right? Christopher Reeve going to the gym and he's now working out six hours a day. He's got a personal trainer, a personal chef. He's cut out carbs, no sugar, no booze. He's, 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 he's treating himself X, Y, and Z. Or is he like, awesome. Can I get the eggs, toast, uh, slice <laughs> of bacon, cup of coffee? This is going to be an exciting day for me. Actually, three slices of bacon. I'm Superman. Yeah. Versus Christian Bale or Ben Affleck is like, you're Batman. Like, I got to cut out cake. I got to get out. <laughs> I think they tried back then too, though. I mean, they, like, I think I remember seeing something about what, what he had to do in order to get in shape for this role. And it was a lot of lifting weights. Okay. Um, but the diet, I, I just remember them talking about the diet and the diet sounds insane now. Like, like the worst kind of diet you could possibly have to try and build that kind of a body, you know, which is just like tons <laughs> and tons of carbs. And, you know, like, I mean, not, none of the science, I don't think made any sense in 78. I don't know, but um, most of it was just him working his butt off and, and getting yeah. that done. You know. But now it's literally a science, you know, yep. what are your macronutrients and they've got a plan for you and it's, everything is pre-done and made up and you just, you just follow the regiment and work out eight hours a but yeah, the, I mean, the buffness is ridiculous now compared to what it was back then. Oh, it's just, I mean, for me, it's like, hey, Henry, do Superman's diet when he did 78, all right, yeah. and, and work out despite of it, 
yeah. and then be Superman and you're going to be more yeah. realistic to me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because Superman is not really humongous usually. I didn't, well, I guess, I, well, maybe it's because of Christopher Reeves. I mean, he's big and tall, mm-hmm. but you know, I never really thought of him as, you know, a big bodybuilder kind of type, oh, you know, he just, he, you know, he doesn't have to have that kind of big of muscles. His, his muscle fibers are dense because they're Kryptonian. You know? Yeah. And he's also, he's got to fit in. Once again, to yeah. your point earlier, right? Yeah. Henry Cavill doesn't fit in because he's a monster. It's like Jason Momoa. Or what, is that the name? Jason Momoa? Yeah. The, the Aquaman guy? The Aquaman. Yeah. Hey, bro. Good for you. Damn, son. <laughs> You're a monster. I'm not uh, knocking you in any way, and I love your drive, but whoa, Aquaman was like a this slender, you know, sliding through the ocean, kind of like Silver Surfer. If you brought out Silver Surfer and you try to make Triple H Silver Surfer, or, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. I'm lost in the 1970s comic books because of my age, so it, I, I, I'm lost at some point in time. And uh, I mean, young kids, if they, if they embrace it and they want it, fantastic. But, you know, it is, uh, and this is it. Oh, it's the first. Oh, it is. It's the reveal. Question, as, as, as a Superman fan, by the way, he couldn't get through that revolving oh, door. Oh, it's so epic. Sorry. The, the cool part about that revolving door is, remember earlier, he couldn't get through it. <laughs> he couldn't figure it out. Yeah. He couldn't figure it out. And now he's like. Oh, now he's going to get some jive talking. Oh, Can man. Get this song? Where'd you get that cake? Where'd you get that Ooh. cake, son? It's like, well. But it's like, and Lois Excuse Lane, me. <laughs> pardon me real quick, let me catch mm. you. And I like that, the, the, how all the news reporters, they're looking up, but they're not videotaping really, right? Yeah. Amber and I'm like, I can't. Like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. He's like, don't worry, I got you, babe. And she's like, this is awesome. All the ladies uh. are screaming. Go ahead and, and save the helicopter too while you're at it, Superman. Just, let's, just, let's just get this. I love this. I remember this scene legitimately scaring me. Yeah. When she fell. Being nervous. Yeah. That angst, because you, I mean, how many movies had you watched as a kid where you saw someone fall from a building? Yeah. yeah. Right? And then, like this, like, I mean, this is, I mean, I know this is, like, Star Wars did some really great things, you know, but, like, just, he caught a helicopter, and he's flying up the building, and it's like, you can see it, and it's not like some weird, like, back screen thing, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's all being done with cables and everything, but... Like it just looks so, so real and fluid, and like they'd never seen anything like that before. This, yeah. Do you know? Because I don't. Um, do you know the origin story on his suit, like how he got it made, or, or I just, you know, I mean, I know like. They, well, I know different... like canon. Yeah. Was, but I mean, canon. Uh, his that's those those suits are. Um, that's like a Kryptonian suit. Okay. So um, I, I, I think they, they used to, they had a story about how he made it, you know, from the clothing or from the, the, the cloth, you know, that, mm-hmm. that he was shipped in or whatever. Yep. But uh, um, they kind of canonized it in the new movies that like his suit is basically a, it, they all wear those. Okay. So they yeah. wear them. They, like he, those are his colors for his family colors, mm-hmm. but they also have black ones, and that's where the black suit comes from. Um, that's why you know General Zod is wearing one of those suits too. 
you know, okay. in the new movies and stuff. So that's what the canon they put into it is that, you know, he's got those suits because, um, I don't know, his fortress made them when his yeah. super technology made the force or made the, the fortress, I guess. That one, that one green glowing stick, just throw it and get it done. Yeah. Yeah, well, in the new ones, it's actually a ship, isn't it? They don't even have yeah. a fortress yet. No, they got to... I got to have another one. They got to get that done. It's, it's interesting, too, when watching the cat burglar kind of do his thing. And even today, it, you know, we, we've, we've improved on, uh, or allegedly improved on Superman and all these other things. Cat burglars, you go watch a movie today, guess what? They still got those little stick them things with the glass, <laughs> yeah. right? We've made, we've made suits better, made cars better. We've made the technology to spy better. But cat burglars are still like, oh, boop, 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 boop. just still popping, popping and locking all the way up, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think that same uh, cat burglar was in uh, The Muppets Take Manhattan. I would hope so. <laughs> hey, here's this guy. What did he steal? Well, here's the diamonds. <laughs> here's the diamond. You know he's a thief. Why? Because he's got plungers on his elbows. Yeah. He's got, <laughs> come on, man. Do I need to show you the shit in his hat, in his hat right now? Stop. Just get after uh, it. I do uh, always, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I wonder, um, I'd like to talk to a police officer about superhero movies and wonder how that uh, kind of impacts them. Because sometimes they're portrayed as buffoons, right? It's like- Oh, the, the cops? Yeah. Yeah. And they're kind not- like stormtroopers who can't yeah. shoot. Exactly, like story, the yeah. stormtroopers are shooting away and they miss every single time. Yeah. You know, Skywalker, one shot, got him, got three, because I did a ricochet, because I'm super smart. Well, it's the force, bro. It's the force, <laughs> that's right. Look at his shoulders, right? He lifted. He got those were old school weights. Those are weights that would give you tetanus if you if you. Uh, I got some of those in my garage. Yes, and you're like, honey, gotta turn the AC on in the garage, otherwise my weights rust. Okay, and, I'm, and now I'm soaking them in apple cider vinegar. I'm losing uh, elements here. It's really great if you're going for an aged wood look, though. You can utilize that rust. That's right. Just how are your hands? They're orange. <laughs> it's summer and it's humid <laughs> what um well, you know you're you're talking about that uh the garage what uh what do you do to stay in shape what do you what, what's your regiment like that you do to, to to get after life and stay active and healthy uh i well you know i uh i played sports um when i was young um Wrestling and football and track. So I've always kind of had a training kind of mindset a lot mm -hmm. of times. Uh, I was a wrestler and played football in college as oh, well. Wow. Where'd you, where'd you go to college? Uh, I went, I played football and wrestled Juco in, uh, at Itasca College. Okay. Um, in Northern Minnesota. And then, Lineback let me guess, uh, linebacker? <laughs> uh, defensive end. Defensive end. Wow, yeah. you're fast then. Uh, I was I was a little I was a little small for a defensive end. Okay, uh, but it was Division three, you know. So I mean, guys were a little bit smaller, you know, in that league. Um, yeah, they. Uh, I was a linebacker at Winona when I transferred. Okay, um, I wasn't really all that great uh, once I went to Division two. 
that's <laughs> it's, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, and, and just, you know, kind of the, we did a lot of weight training. And so weight training is the thing that I still do today. Um, mm -hmm. I used to do a lot of things. I, I, I kind of did jujitsu and, and some Muay Thai boxing and, um, you know, got, got, I was a wrestler. So, I mean, I, you know, dabbled in mixed martial arts when I was younger and always kind of had that training mindset. Um, mm -hmm. After my kids, I, I kind of let myself go because I didn't have a goal, you know, that I yeah. was, I was, I was trying to achieve anymore. And uh, my goals were more in business and, I don't know what it was. I, I probably about the age of 30, 33, I, I, between there, I, I started lifting weights again. Um, and I've been doing that pretty solid, you know, uh, yeah. and trying to do things to lose weight. I think it was up to about 290 pounds at one point. Um, and, you know, I actually, the funny thing, I really started losing weight when I stopped doing cardio. That's what I noticed the most. Yeah. Is, uh, I, I stopped doing cardio and just did weight training and my hunger went away. I just, I wasn't starving. I, I guess scientifically it has something to do with the cortisol, you know, that, well, you're that burning, you produce. You're burning fat, not calories. And there's a difference, right? Because your body wants to replenish calories. It doesn't necessarily need to replenish fat. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So the weight training helps because you're not just burning 200 calories or 300 calories. You're burning 300 calories, but then over the next four days, your body's trying to rebuild itself. And yep. you burn a lot of calories doing it that way. Um, I don't know if it makes it easier for the fat reserves or what it does, but I think it's just because I ate less because I wasn't as hungry. Mm -hmm. Honestly, you know, I tried intermittent fasting that worked out pretty good too. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much weight training. I, uh, um, still do it today. I mean, probably six days, six days a week, and it's a lot of fun. Got yeah. some arms. Dang, you know, son. you can you can lift. It's I I, I like I always like doing uh, really strong, um, powerful lifts. So okay, deadlifts, squats, bench press, pull ups, you know, things like that. Um, my age is starting to creep in now, though. So. Man, deadlifts are not the smartest of uh, things to do when you're 42. No, the back um, starts to get a little tight. Yeah, squats are getting hard too. So my daughter loves to, my daughter loves to hear me do squats. She's like, I can hear your knees. They can make that sound again. <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> you're, I don't like bending over this much. <laughs> Here's my shoulders. I'll, I'll take my hands and I'll push them together to to put the treasury up there and it goes, and she's like, yeah. make that sound again. I'm like, that's not good for dad. Like I want to just about where we start and stop. Yeah, that's not good for daddy. Yeah. I, I did a, uh, I tried, I was goofing off and I thought this would be a fun idea. And so I'm trying to engage some of my friends. I'm like, let's do a football workout. I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, we're going to watch the game. Every six points, you do six pushups for every game. So every, every, any time yeah. a touchdown scored, six pushups. Yeah. And then, for the yards covered, right, do air squats, just simple air squats, you know, so a one yard run, one air squat, super easy, 30 yard run, 30, that's- I'm gonna kill you, <laughs> 100 air squats. Well, I got dumber, it got, it got dumber. Then I was like, hey, just do sit-ups based on the number of the person that scored the touchdown. I wasn't thinking about tight ends and wide receivers with 88s, 89s, <laughs> 86s. Tight ends and last weekend tight ends and wide receivers had a field day. 
uh, I couldn't sit up on Monday. I was like, oh, oh no, 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 I can't move. I was so dead. you actually did this workout. I did it. That's insane. <laughs> Ouch! Oh, all of the days of pain. Oh. <laughs> I'm still sore. Oh. I, usually I'm doing a garage work. I do a, I call it the one, two, three. So you start yeah. off, you do 10 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, 30 air squats. You do it 10 times. And then the next day yeah. you do 10 squats, 20 push-ups, 30 sit-ups, 10 times. You just rotate through. And that's kind of the thing. And then I go for a bike ride or do something else, right? And that's-, that's Joe Rogan work. workout. I think he said something about that on Did his he? podcast. Yeah, that, that uh, I think it was during COVID. You yeah. Know, like the shutdown and it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need a gym, guys. Yep. You know, you need to do four exercises. <laughs> yeah. know? And the one thing you I know, don't have- Push-ups, squats, pull-ups. If you pull can do those things, you're good. You know? You're good. And I kind of use a tree to do some pull-ups randomly. Yeah. It, it's weird when you go for your strengths. Like I'm not very good at pull-ups. I've never mm -hmm. have been. And I remember, you know, and I, and I could make some bullshit excuse about how when I was in the fifth grade, I'm in, I'm in Mr. Furda's class and we're doing pull-ups and every kid's smaller than me and they do like 10 and I could do two because I was this little fat kid. But the reality is that I just don't like doing it. That's just, yeah. it's just simple. And so it's I never worked hard. on them. Like I'll do back workouts all day long and I love them. Lat workouts and, and, and pulls and everything. I love it. Pull-ups, I'm like, I gotta go, man. It's, it's time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, it's interesting. I was, uh, you know, I was saying that I, I've lifted kind of most of, you know, most of my adult life. Sure. And one of the things I used to do all the time was pull-ups and kind of through that weight gain and that time period of in my, you know, kind of earlier thirties and moving up, I, my goal was to do one pull up and, you know, being, you know, nearly 300 pounds, I just, yeah. it was so hard. I could not even, I could barely hold on to the bar. Um, and it felt like I was strong. Like I could put a couple of hundred pounds, you know, on the lat pole and just rock those out. Yep. You know, I still had muscles, but, um, it's two years ago I was at LA fitness. I'm a member there. And one of the trainers saw me trying to do pull-ups and like trying to assist myself into getting them up. And he just gave me a couple of techniques that kind of like, you know, basically you're doing pull-ups like it's a reverse kind of bent over row mm -hmm. in a way. And you just use your, your hips and your legs and keep them really nice and taut and in front of you, you can almost do kind of a back row with uh, the pull-ups. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and I, I never really thought of that. And so then I tried that a, a few times and within a week or so, I was able to do all of a sudden like two or three pull-ups. And yeah, so now I'm insane. I'm just insane. If it's a back workout, that's all it is. It's just pull-ups. It's like pull 140 pull-ups. That's yeah. it. There's nothing else to do. <laughs> oh yeah, and you see those people who do pull-ups a lot and they got the back abs is what I call them, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holly Holmes got those back abs. That woman who can kick someone's head off. Oh, He's got yeah. those back abs, which I'm like, you can kick. I don't want you to punch me ever. Yeah. <laughs> or ra random Especially left back turn. spin. Oh, random left Ooh. turn. But have you seen Tyson working out? Oh, that's that's in, that's insane. I'm so excited just to see him punch. Did you hear like Roy Jones' I, comment? No. I fucked up. Oh, really? That's what he said. Because Tyson posted, he goes, you know what's fun about boxing? Broken eye sockets broken jaws, broken ribs. And Roy Jones commented back, oops. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, uh, what, in Jones Jr. Year. is a is the heavyweight champion, you know? I mean, he yeah. did win a title. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he doesn't. But Mike looks different. Mike looks like he's 25 again. 
Yeah. Jones yeah, looks you see- like he's his age almost, right? I mean, he's built phenomenally. And trust me, I would not want to take a punch from that man ever. But Mike, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened. You see him hitting mitts. And even with the slowdown of a camera, his, his hands look amazingly fast. Yeah. It's mine. He's a superhero. He, he is. And it's wild because you think about what he did in the 80s and 90s. And, yeah. Um, like, he's probably the most proficient old school boxer, you know, in a time where boxing had moved on but by generations, you mm-hmm. know. And, and he's just like two fists in front of his face, walking forward, bob and weave, bob and weave, bob and weave, just being in there. Like, you're just going to try and punch him three or four times. You're going to miss a bunch of times. Then he's going to break your ribs and knock you out on the chin. Like, like in the same move, you know? Like yeah. it's, 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 it's unbelievable. And it looks dangerous watching him. I know he's hitting pads, but, like, he just looks dangerous. And you look at Roy Jones Jr., and he looks good, but he kind of looks like Roy Jones Jr. being 50-something years old. You know, and, yep. and, 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 and jabbing around and doing his little jab thing and his whatever. Um, no knock against him. I'm, but, yeah, I think uh, if Mike takes it a little too seriously, then might end up being dangerous. I don't know. He's, he's got some – he's got the, the therapy uh, – what is it? The stem cell therapy. So yeah. He's going for through. His, for, and, his, for one of his shoulders, his back, and his knees. And yeah. it's, it's helped him to, to, to train and do this stuff. And there's a there's – a, Mentally, there's something special about him that I think he's gotten a knock on from, you know, when you look at, you know, you hear really school people about boxing talk about him, right? They, they're like, well, he, he, he beat everyone when they were out of their prime. But to your point, which I don't think a lot of people get is one, the old school nature in which he boxed and the fact that he did just come up and hit you in the face and knock you out. He broke a couple of ribs first. He wanted you to make sure you felt that pain before you yeah. hit the canvas. He wanted to make sure that you knew Mike was there. <laughs> yeah. And, and when he's smaller and some guy swings and misses, he had the patience to just crush ribs. Yeah, those body shots. I mean, he, uh, he's just got to go forward and hit body shots. Like, yeah, it was just, yeah, it just looked so painful when he would. And you don't see people go for the body no. all that much anymore, you know? And it's all head, head work, head work, head work. And, I mean, like he, he would make people quit yeah. by hitting them in the body so hard. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was um, you know, it's like he, he was in that school of, you know, Jerry Rice would do his summer workouts, right? And people Pink underwear. Quit. Yeah. Pink That's underwear. what she's wearing. He is. <laughs> he is. She's wearing the pink undies and he knows. <laughs> he knows. He can see. He's a pervert. <laughs> I'll tell you what, today's cancel culture, Superman does that bullshit. Let me tell you oh, right now, son. There's so many things. Everything we love is gone. Everything. I, mean, I, oh, I, just, I sometimes. I, I, know, I had a I conversation with, with a guy on, on, I made this post and I was just excited because I'm an idiot. I was like, man, if Rogan interviews Biden and Trump, I am so excited. I'm so in. I'm so happy. Like four hours. I don't care who you're voting for. I don't. Four hours, no ads, no sound bites, just content. You're going to catch people in bullshit. And you're going to oh, realize yeah. that we deserve better. That's all I wanted. And some buddy of mine chimes in and he's like, well, and he, he makes this long diatribe. And I'm like, listen, asshole, stop. I don't like your negativity. Stop. And you're wrong. 
You know, like, I just wish reasonable common sense and philosophy would come back into politics. I'm like, when has that ever happened? Never. Yeah. And he goes, Ronald Reagan. I'm like, he had dementia. The, he didn't solve the ozone layer problem. Congress did, because he had dementia and the press protected him. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But just do your homework. Stop reading headlines. So we go back and forth a little bit. And he gets so mad that he, he messages me privately on Facebook. And he's like, you're being a real dickhead. And I was like, first of all, don't come to my party, piss in my punch, and then tell me not to tell you to stop pissing in the punch. All right? Yeah. I told you once, stop being negative. And you come back over and you're negative. Stop. And you're fucking wrong. You're just wrong on a lot of things. And it's okay if you want to be wrong. And it's okay if your perception of what you're saying is right. But you came to my party. And next thing you know, he's like, well, I'm going to stop following you. And I'm like, listen, cancel culture. If we're friends, we're friends. We're going to disagree on things. And that's okay. The fact that you don't like conflict, the fact that we can't disagree and yet still have a civil conversation over something else, it blows my mind. Like, why would you be such a child? But hey, if you want to cancel, if you want to do that, you go right ahead. This motherfucker quit every social media platform and blamed it on me. <laughs> what? Yeah. He's like, I quit Facebook. It's depressing. <clears throat> I blame this person. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not following his podcast. I'm like, dude, you're a child. You know, and I wonder why people act like, I mean, those seem to be the people that are on social media and doing it as their own kind of like platform and just continuously like post things and post things and post things yeah. and then get upset when somebody, you know, opines, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, well, why are you trolling me and whatever? It's like, it's in my feed all day long. Like, I don't, I'm not you know, trolling you. You came to I, me. Yeah. It's just in there. Like, I don't know. You can unfriend me if you want to, if you hate that I don't agree with you, but you know, if you're going to throw out something that's incendiary or throw out something that, you know, is, is obviously has contention, you know, on different sides, don't be upset when somebody else doesn't agree with you. Yeah. And who you cares know? if I disagree with you? Who cares yeah, who if I cares? see the world differently? Merca. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, I'm not mad at you. I, I, I mean, I'm not. Listen, just because we're not friends, you're not an enemy. Tupac said this, right? We're not friends. You're not my enemy. I want you to eat. I want you to be happy, just not at my table. We're good. Yeah. I don't care. I think it's hilarious that you would leave social because you disagree with someone. I think that is so funny because it shows, once again, not born in the 70s, son. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> not born in the 70s. I'm, okay. I'm born in the 70s, I guess. Yes, me too, right? <laughs> so it's like, we, we, we can disagree. I was, I was talking about it. I go, the, the beautiful thing about life is right, you can agree and disagree. You can agree on some things and not on others. And then you decide after a couple of beers if you want to take that dance or not with your friend and disagree on things and talk till two in the morning about bullshit and smoke cigars and, you know, and have fun and then wake up the next morning yeah. and be like, boy, we were assholes last night. Huh? <laughs> You're like, yeah, we were. I love you. I love you too. We're good, bro. Man, man, I love you. Come on, man. I wouldn't let what Ronald Reagan said in 1986 destroy a friendship. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah, man. I see relationships ending over this stuff. I mean, like, it, it's, I don't know. It, there's just a lot of contention, you know, and everybody's got to be right. And part of it, I think, is because we have so much access to so much information that, sure. you know, we're not exactly sure 
what we do have and you know i mean what's true anymore and everyone can just look something up and say hey look this is true and then you say no that's not true look at this and your source is dumb well your source is dumb or like the, the real answer is like this source is biased and this source is biased so read both of them in detail yeah. you and know and then both. find some the other source thing. of it and then take bits of pieces from that you know and test it against your ideals and and you know or the truth in general you know what makes the most sense what was the real story here you know and that's how i think how you come to reasonable decisions you don't have to agree all the time it doesn't make no. sense and I, and I think that's the wisest thing right there what you said right is read the other sources read things you you might not agree with just to, if, if anything just to understand how the person thinks i always say numbers never lie the interpretation of numbers can always lie oh yeah yeah right the, so the numbers are the numbers how you talk about the numbers exactly and it's different and that's okay but man folks listen don't don't get that upset it's 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 a quote it's an idea it's a think about the person and who the person is I'm a silly person. I get excited about random shit and I love it. I'm a child that like that. Like I see something like four hours of, of Trump and Biden talking and I'm just like, yes, please. Just because. It would be such a fun circus. Done. Yeah. Because they're like, our politics deserve better. Our politics don't deserve that better. They've been politics deserves exactly that, actually. That's right. That's what we actually deserve. Finally, we deserve it. Not like someone giving one of the candidates all of the questions so they can prepare their answers ahead of time, you know, yeah. and then ask some one person a point question and a gotcha question and the other person throw a softball, you know, and it, this moderator, it's like, how about we talk about a discussing uh, subject and you all go back and forth at it. Yeah. It's just, just go, 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 you know, have fun, man, have and embrace it. I mean, just have fun and embrace it. Take a pulse and just know, guess what? At the end of the day, the reality is, is you're going to do you. You're going to make the best decisions you can make for you and your family. And you should be around your friends. This is awesome. Clark Clark's, arrived. Clark's, Clark's arrived for his She's dinner. She's dressed so scandalously. <laughs> 1978, that modern day Hester Prynne walking around in her night round in her pink uh, underwear, that whore. And there's Clark Kent, so innocent. And he's like, I can't even look at her. My head's down. Don't look at her butt, Clark. Clark, I see you looking at her butt. Look we just her had magical moment. Look at that. Look at that. He digs his glass up. You pervert, Clark. Look at him. Uh, look at him. Look at it. He's a, listen, Superman pervert. <laughs> I'm a stud. He's about to yeah. say something. Do I break these glasses? You look at that. He just grew four <laughs> inches. Come on. He's a stud. Four inches he just grew. That didn't. I didn't mean it to sound the way that sounded. No, it's did you both? I mean, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. Uh, My glasses are back on. I'm just I'm Clark. Guys, I have something to tell you. I think we're gonna be late. Let's <laughs> go. Look at all her locks. Damn, Lois. Where look at you just Where's lost Lois, four inches. Where's Lois Lane live? She's got six locks on that on that on that door. So, I don't know. She's got a penthouse apartment with a nice deck on it. Remember? Yeah. And yet still, she's got the up lock, the down lock, the chain, the bolt, and the door handle. Lois, let's get you in a better neighborhood. Superman can help, okay? <laughs> he's going to co-sign the lease for you. All right, Lois? Uh, that brings, you know, something I always thought was weird when I was a kid. I, you know, Margot Kidder is amazing mm -hmm. as, as Lois Lane. She One is Lois crushes. Lane. Yeah. So that's, that's actually kind of my point is that in this movie, I think she is absolutely gorgeous, and I've never thought she was pretty in any other Superman. I agree with that. 
I don't 100%. understand why I think that, but in this movie, she's just pretty as heck. And then in the second movie where they were actually all filmed together, for some reason, she's less attractive to me. And I don't know innocence Maybe I was lost. older. I think the innocence is lost with her, right? She had this vulnerable, she lost a little bit of vulnerability in Superman 2. She had a little mm. more arrogance in Superman 2. She had a, a little more of like, he's going to save me or I know Superman. And this is that innocence of like, ooh, who could he be? Oh, you know, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe, oh, I spent the night with Superman. You know, you've got those things that have that, 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 that innocent factor. And, and then also you've, you've coupled that with how she's dressed at the time. I mean, you know, she's, she's scantily dressed because you can see the blouse underneath the overlay of her shoulders, you know, but yet she's not throwing herself at Superman. She's trying to be, you know, this, this very prim and proper woman. And, and I think she, uh, she, she gained a little arrogance in Superman too. That didn't make I her, can see that. If know? Superman turned back time, if I could turn back time <laughs> to, to, to save her life, you know, like, yeah. Uh, which is I mean, one of my favorite face or facial scenes of uh, Christopher Reeve. The absolute despair and anger on his face is fantastic acting. It's damn near vaudeville, right? Yeah. It's like it's like oh, we just went to a silent movie all of a sudden, and you're waiting for his teeth to crack underneath yeah. the grit and the anger. Yeah, yeah, he, he's just he's so destroyed. <laughs> he's if this doesn't work, this planet's blowing up. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much is where he sees. He's just like, man, what, what do we have yet, to do? But... What do we have to do? What, um, you know, obviously this begs the question. You can have any superpower you want. What do you want? Flight. Flight? I just, I just want to fly. Man, I'm such a criminal. I just want to be invisible. I want to walk. I know, I, I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> I get being I wanna, invisible. I, I, I get super strength. Yep. You I want to steal emails. I want to walk in when, whether it's, I don't care, you pick the political or world power and I turn invisible yeah. and, I, and I hack in and I get their emails. I don't have to hack in. I just got to sit behind them and watch them type in their password and just yeah. forward it to myself. I'm in. I'm See, but if you, if, you, if you have invisibility, I would rather just be a telepath. You know, Ooh, because okay. who who needs who needs to be invisible when you can just make people think what you want or read their minds? You know, yeah, and cir circumvent them that way. In in my master criminal mind, um, but uh, honestly, yeah, just the idea. I used to have dreams of flying. Just the idea of flying and going wherever I want to, and I, I don't know. It's it's still I still have dreams about flying. So I do. I remember. Uh... You know, I used to have these dreams, right? Put my hands down, focus, and put yeah. the energy. And you <laughs> slide up off the ground, man. You're like, nerd. Yes. 100% nerd. 100% nerd. But that is, uh, you know, oh, look at it. He's got, he's got the first Tesla right there. Self-driving car. Didn't work oh, out well. Oh, heck yeah. Did not work out well. What, uh. You know, you're you're in you're in an area of the country, right? Where you obviously have all four seasons. You've got you've got a lot of stuff going on. Nice shirt, Gene Hackman. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, where uh, in everything that you see uh, up there and what's going on, um, 
what are some of the big changes that you're seeing in your area as far as, you know, uh, I guess I would say um, culturally that nationally they're adopting that you maybe you don't like and that you do like, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, this state's always been pretty, pretty unique, you know, mm -hmm. um, Minneapolis, St. Paul, I, I always thought of it kind of like the, uh, the Emerald city of the Midwest, you know, um, greatest I mean, airport, sometime, one, of, one of the greatest airports in America. Yeah. It, it's nice Hands airport, down. nice, clean cities. Um, you know, I mean, and the disaster that's happened in the last few months, I mean, that's the thing I don't really want as far as a trend to, to, to continue going. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we've always been able to get along in, in this state and we've always been pretty purple. You know, I know that it hasn't voted for a Republican president since the early 70s, but sure. but in general, all of our other politicians, I mean, and, and um, it, it's been pretty half and half, you know, I mean, we work balance. together and we, yeah, well, there's a balance and um, it's a little bit more, you know, than some would like and a little bit less than others would like. We enjoy a fantastic economy here um, that that is kind of defies odds because we're diverse. We have a very diverse economy. So if one sector kind of goes bad, there's other sectors that kind of keep, you know, keeping people employed and keeping that whole um, machine moving, you know, sort mm -hmm. of a thing. But uh, I, I'm 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 a little nervous. I mean, we still we we still have you know a lot of protesting going on in St. Paul and Minneapolis, and I understand the reason for the the protests. But you know, I I hope this the the damage that is that is being done is something that people will wake up to. You know. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Right. I think that listen, I'm all for protests. And if your protest is, is stomping on grass and killing, you know, grass, fine. I really don't care. If you start breaking into businesses or, 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 or you take a, an aggressive approach, then it, then it goes from protest to, to destruction. And that's where you lose me. And that's just not where you lose me. I, I still understand your mission, but you lose me at what your cause is. You know, um, you lose me at, at, at why destroying something is is appropriate like I, I don't i'll never understand that i won't because i don't want to be the destructive person i want to be the person to change right and, and yeah. i'm not saying that you're 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 not entitled to your feelings of wanting violence or destruction i'm you're entitled to those but man, let's be careful about what we hurt, right? And yeah, there's real people on the other end, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's hurt. I mean, I, not, I don't want to be selfish, but it, it, COVID is one thing, but I've, I've been hurt quite a bit um, just by the actions of others in these cities, you know? Yeah. I mean, if, if I didn't have a lot of business in the outskirts of the cities, I'd kind of be over because, you know, Minneapolis and St. Paul aren't hosting a lot of events right now. Um, and a lot of my cancellations are coming from that area. And yeah. every time we have to go down there, we're talking to the venues and we're like, okay, how do we get in here securely? You know, how do we make sure there's, they want to, they're trying to defund the police. So there's not a lot of, uh, um, cops around. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You don't have the support. Yeah. 
crime is exploding and you know it's just um it's dangerous to to be down there in times and i i hope the best for it you know I, the businesses are leaving and going outside of the the cities and i just hope that it doesn't go on so long where there's just no way back you know where the cities can't really recover you know and i would hate how beautiful hennepin avenue you know is in uptown in minneapolis for that to start looking like the outskirts of Detroit, you know, yeah. and they just, you know, I, 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 I pray <laughs> for, for our cities that we can just, cause the answer is simple. It's not, it's not defund the police. It's not that it's everybody be a good person. Just be a good person. You know, everyone has the things in their life where, you know, things that they're good at, things that they're bad at. We have our faults. We have, you know, our, the great things about us and, Let's try to find that in each other and not be so angry. You know, we're, I think we're arguing about a lot of stuff we actually all agree on. Yeah. You know, I, I agree. You ever you. get that feeling? It's like, <laughs> I agree. Everybody, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm with Please you. Don't burn stuff down. Yep. And, you know, uh, I think it's a, you know, it's a, a it's, it's a tough position um, that, that everyone's in. I, you know, I'm of the ilk of always that, uh, you know, we should actually give the police more funding because I mean, you're a wrestler, you did jujitsu, you understand the difference between when someone grabs onto you, that rush you get, or that confidence that you have. And it's different. It's just different. It's a different feeling, right? And if you, if you haven't had anyone lay hands on you in two years, and then someone does, what's your response? Yeah. Is it calmness of I know what you do or is it like oh and that's not a knock on 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 the policeman in any way but it's a knock on the lack of training it's a lot yeah it's it's a knock on the on the fact that we are not subscribing and that's with teachers as well that's with technology you know I mean the kids in 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 zooming and school and everything hey man you guys knew this technology was garbage two years ago when the kids were trying it right yeah you knew it you never had to fix it because you could do in-person classes. You never fixed it because you could just, you could go hit the copier and just print that yeah. stuff off and hand it to little Johnny or Susie, and then they would fill it out. So you didn't have, you never, you were never forced to do anything. Yeah. And I don't know why we have to put ourselves in position of force versus putting ourselves in, in those areas of positions of excellence, of, of, of making the best people. Because guess what training does? It weeds people out. You know that. You trained jujitsu and wrestling. Guess what? The asshole gets worked out. Yeah. Right? I mean, the jerk worked out hard. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it just does. The jerk's yeah. gone. Yeah. The jerk is gone. And if you're not, if you're not gone, then you earn a little respect. Yeah. You know, because if you've got this, you know, mouth yapping <laughs> and you can and you can back it up, you know, yeah. when we push you, then great. If not, see you later. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, the mouth proving it over and over again is also the person who comes to learn the respect of what they have and what others bring. And, and we're, not, we're not positioning ourselves for that, right? We're positioning ourselves for weaker people and stronger jobs doing less important things to show, how, to show how less important that job is in the face of tragedy. And that breaks my heart for kids, for, for community, for safety across the board. That's deep, brother. (laughs) (laughs) 
talking about Superman and superpowers, and I dropped that. Like, you know what? <laughs> Stop. Let's be good. But I, I agree with you. I think there are some really simple things that you know that we can do to help situations. Better training. You know, some more limitations. I think it's pretty simple. You know, as far as like body cams, things like that. Transparency. Transparency yeah. is really it. You know, let's not let's not let a cop be a cop because we need cops. <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of paying them more too. I mean, come on, yeah. you risk your life every single day. You know, I mean, um, I, I I I love teachers. I see memes all the day. Teachers every day. Teachers are not paid enough. Teachers are not paid enough. You know, I mean, you can make an argument for or against, but you know, you're 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 risking your life every single day every time you walk up to a car you could not go home you know? yeah and it and takes for the, for a mentality this, for the and city takes, council it, people right who, who who wanted to fund do a ride along do a ride along and get out of the car with that police officer every day for a week yeah and for god's sakes don't let these these officers stay in this position too long yeah. You know, I mean, it's like war, you know, and when when you're subjected to that kind of danger and because you're just living all of the worst parts of the world, yeah. you know, or of your city when you're a cop, you know, all you're doing is immersing yourself in the worst of it, you know, and then there are there are moments, you know, in life where you actually, you know, get to do something really great, you know, that, that everyone gets to see and you get to make a big difference. Of course they're making a difference, but they're, they're, they're working in hell, you know, and if you're working, how do they not have PTSD? I mean, how do you not just put them on the beat for two or three years and then take them off for a year or two, you know, let them recover, let their mind recover and come back to human being, you know, because yeah. I mean, I can imagine 10 years on the beat. I mean, how desensitized is a person? You know, it's not about race. It's not about anything. It's about temperament. And it's about, you know, stress. trying to try stress and trying to stay alive. And, you know, what, what's going to happen today? I have no idea. How can you do that over and over and over again? You know? Absolutely. You know, so speaking about teachers, like I've always said, you have a defund model. Defund the, the school district superintendents that are making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year that aren't implementing new technology that aren't, that aren't, that aren't vetting that are just, you know, they're just, they're just, listen, they're pigs at the trough. Yeah. You give those teachers that money. It's not that the school districts don't get money. It's that the top fat cats keep it and they don't let the teachers get it. And I would say, give it to the teachers, man. If they're on the front lines, give it to them, give it to them and let's see what they do. Because I look at the teacher that my daughter has. I look at the teacher that lives next door to me. I look at the teacher my daughter had last year, the year before. I don't agree with everything they do. I'm hard on people. I am, a, I am quite literally a, a, a hard, hard person when it comes to my kids' education, when it, when it, when it comes to uh, conversation and making sure that she gets the best. Because she's my kid, so obviously I want the best. Man, I tell you, I, uh, some of those teachers come through and they're like, Mr. Jepson, thank you. And some of them are like, I, I don't want to talk to this guy. He's a pain in the ass. <laughs> I get them both and I am both. But you give that teacher a raise and you give her the power to implore technology. You give them the, the, the power to understand what's going on and actually be actionable about it. We're going to win. 
we're go we're going to because they have a heart for it. I don't know I don't know a lot of teachers that don't have a heart for loving kids and wanting the best for kids. And those teachers that do, guess what? They'll be weeded out as well. Just like if yeah, those those that don't, you you tend to see they don't spend a lot of time in the industry. Yeah, I mean, they they figure out pretty. Can I say hello? Hold on. He's, he's, he's frozen real quick. We got a little glitch in the matrix there, kiddo. But we are, look, we're watching Superman. See, got about 20 minutes left of Ooh. Superman. This is, Matt, this is Matthew Sherry. So Ma Matthew Sherry is, he runs an events business in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And he's done an amazing job of, in time of COVID, of figuring out different ways for people to engage. And one of his favorite movies as a young kid was Superman, just like one of my favorite movies. He saw it in like 82, I think, when he was about five years old. I saw it in 78 when it first came out in the theaters when I was about five years old. And so we're talking about that and just and what it means um, and, uh, and what happens, you know, and, and just about a lot of stuff. You know, we're talking about how you great your teachers are. Can you watch it? Sure, we can watch it anytime you want to. Look, there's Mr. Matt again. I don't know what happened there. It just happens. You want to say hi? Hi. Hi. Yeah, that's hi. my daughter. She is uh, in in the land of uh, of COVID. She is uh, she's a frequent guest. I'm in <laughs> second grade. <laughs> he, he knows how old you are. We've we talked about you, kiddo. Oh. All right. Can you give us a minute, please? Yeah. We're just going to finish up this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. She just saw Superman, and she goes, "He is tall." No, it says he is. Oh, he is strong, even better as uh, as we talk about you know the beauty of uh, of Superman and who he is. I like that she sees him. He is strong, thrown around Lex Luger like he's not Lex Luthor, like he's nobody. Him and then Han, come on, man, we're not having that. Uh oh, and for the first time, Superman sees Crypto Knight. This is the jam right here. Kryptonite is the thing, man. I mean, that is the, everyone has a weakness, right? Um, I believe, you know, my weakness is obviously, um, well, it's a lot of things. It's my temperament. It's probably my attitude sometimes. Uh, it is my, my, my weakness in, um, in who I am and, and what's going on in, in the world, right? But that's, you know, that's Superman's weakness. And, uh, and there he is. Brother, what's happening? Ah, I figured out what's going on. Yeah, my phone's dead. Well, that's that, that's going to happen. And so, um, you know, I was just I was just talking about, you know, we got the uh, the, the the kryptonite here, and like he's hanging it around his neck. It's begs the question. I mean, what what is uh, what's your kryptonite? What's your one thing? What's your like? My weakness, I'll tell you. My my weakness, and and uh, with with my daughter here in full disclosure, and she knows, you know, I have a uh, I'm not the uh, the most patient person a lot of the times, and in 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 my in my life, she's like nodding her head in the back. She's like, yeah, it's true. And in my lack of patience um, and, and and results of what I want, right? There there are miscues in communication, and uh, that can lead to uh to to, to problems and and, uh, and and other things. And that just comes across in business. That's fine, kiddo. It comes across in business, and it comes across in my personal life sometimes, where you know I um. I tell, you know, but open it up outside of your police, okay? But I, you know, I go through these things. I'm like, man, that's my kryptonite. I gotta, I gotta be better. The difference is, is that we can overcome our kryptonites and Superman can't, right? 
he's already kind of this perfect guy yeah. and he, and he can't overcome it because it's just, it's just a weakness. It's, it's the DNA. What, um, if you don't mind me asking, what's your kryptonite? What's your thing? What's your, what's your weak point in life? What's your Achilles heel? I don't have my headphones plugged in. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, I would say my kryptonite uh, would be similar to yours in a way where when I, I show two emotions very well, um, happiness and anger, you know, I, you know, and so like I, when I'm on, I'm just feeling you full of love, you know, and happiness and greatness and, and just cheery and you can do it. And, you know, I'm great with that. And, and it, when I'm disappointed uh, and, you know, there's a lot of things that happen where I'm just like, how on earth does that happen? Or yeah. like, what is wrong with you people? You know, and man, you can turn a bad situation into a terrible situation very Ooh. quickly by just having that attitude, not even saying yeah. the things you want to say, but just having the tonage, <laughs> you know, the intonation, I guess, that's more of a singing thing. But, uh, um, you know, that vibe you get from them, if it is anger, like, I mean, it can just, it can cause all kinds of issues and meltdowns on the other side too, when you got to, you know, and, and emotions. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> some would say this is kryptonite, some would say that it's not. But sometimes I don't make the best business decisions mm -hmm. um, because of people, yep. uh, because of my attachment to people. Sure. Because of my commitment and uh, my loyalty yeah. to to family members, to uh, to employees, to team members, to contractors, to friends. You know, there are times and lots of times in my business and my life where I know that this isn't actually good for me personally, um, and this isn't good for my business. Uh, but this, I need to put my empathy into this person. And sometimes I make decisions that are not really the best for my own life because I'm trying to help someone else. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, uh, no, no, none of us are perfect. And, you know, I bring this up and I brought it up a couple of times in past podcasts and I, and I, I like to bring it up because one, we all need to be aware of, 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 of who we are and what's going on, right? <clears throat> and, you know, when it comes to kids, and I've said this, so for people who have listened before, I apologize, but, um, you know, I, I was told some very wise words, which was when my daughter was born, was this is the only relationship she's not gonna choose. So her parents are, she's not gonna choose that. She doesn't get it, she doesn't, she doesn't get a chance to just walk away. Like at one years old, she's like, you know what? I don't like you, you're kind of an asshole. So you gotta go. <laughs> Right, she's, I don't. You're kind of stuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find a different dad who's more my speed. Right, it just doesn't work that way. And because of that, you know, you have to be better. You have to be, you know, and uh, and you've got to be vulnerable to the fact of where you make mistakes. And I sit down with her. I'm like, hey, I was a bad parent. I didn't do it right, and this is why I didn't do it right. And the only reason I tell her that is because I want her to be a better parent than me. I'm not perfect. I, I'll never be perfect. But damn it, man, I want her to know I'm not perfect. Because I want her to know that we can always be better. I want her to know that we can grow. The only, you know, I said this in, uh, I think it was the last podcast or one prior. The only word she's not allowed to say is can't. That's oh, I love word. it. 
she's cursed in front of people. And she said the F word once in front of someone and this lady was appalled. And I get it, you should be. Listen, you shouldn't have a six-year-old or a five-year-old dropping the F bomb. That's okay. <laughs> and if, but, and if the, but I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm waiting for my kids to drop it because I'm terrible. Be a prepared parent. And what I mean yeah. by that is if they drop it and someone complains, you just go, do you know the etymology of that word? And they go, huh? Uh, do you know how that word started? Like, I can't believe, I, do you know how it started, what that word is? They're like, nope. Well, it's a farming term. And so when you're going after cabbage in Europe and the soil is wet, and you've got the hoe and you swing it into the ground, it makes a fuck sound when it hits that wet soil and hooks that cabbage and then you pull it up out of the ground. It's a root vegetable. So what would you say? I'm gonna go fuck cabbage. Some of them will go fuck cabbage. This Irishman <laughs> loves this story. <laughs> I'm not Irishman, but I'm. I'm I am. American, so I'm, no, I'm in. I'm in. I'm, Irish. I have, I'm mostly Irish. And that's the craziest, best story. Like, we literally had um, corned beef and cabbage and potatoes like two days ago. Yes. I'm, I can't wait to tell my kids no when they're old enough but i can't wait to tell my fiance this story yes right no because it's just it's one of those things where you go okay here you go like okay we're, we're but you know what we're better now because one we know where it came from i listen i get the use of it now and yes it's not appropriate and i understand and everything and i'm not condoning kids running around dropping the f-bomb but in the world that we live in in any world that we've ever lived in what's better a kid that curses or a kid that says, I can't do it. Can do attitude is everything in success. Everything. Do yeah. you want to build a child that goes, that figures out a better way to ask for help or knows how to ask for help? Or do you want to build a world where the kid doesn't say anything bad, but you have to do everything for them? Which one do you want to do? Oh, build? what a terrible future we would be in. Yeah. I mean, I'm not perfect. And I don't, I don't claim to be, and I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I'm, and I'm not saying I have the right answer here, but I think it's better. I think it's yeah. better to just be strict on one thing. You can do it. You will do it. You are better. You know why you're better? You're better than me. You know why you're better than me? You're, you're, you're actually in a better time. You're in a safer world. You're in a better world. You're in a more connected world. You have better engagement. You can actually talk to people and do things that you want to do anytime you want to do them because of technology. So you can actually have better relationships with everyone around you. And that right there is what makes it special. That's what makes it worth it. That's the whole thing that makes it worth it. And yeah. You don't want to, you know, Especially when you're working for it, you earn that. It's yours. Yeah. You know, I mean, saying that can do, I mean, what is it? Yoda said it, right? <laughs> <laughs> There is no try. There's no try. Do or do not. There is no try. But there is at least, uh, I, that's not 100% because try. <laughs> you have to try, try and never quit, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things I've instilled in my kids. They, they've, they've done activities. They've, you know, some are doing sports and, you know, 
others are doing artistic stuff and then doing sports and then not wanting to do them. And here's the, it's not that you can't do this. You're going to do this because you're not going to quit. Yeah. You're going to put your best into it. You decided to do it. You're going to finish it all the way through and you're going to see how you can make this happen, you know? And next yeah. year, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, but we're going to finish this thing. We're going to finish it strong. And there's no reason that you can't because the only way that you 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 can't is by not trying yeah it's not trying is an epidemic i, I was playing basketball once and I, I play hoops with these these guys some are young some are old i love playing with younger guys because i like beating them i got three moves and they're three great moves the hook shot is the best one because kids have never seen it and they're like what is that you know they're, <laughs> they're so confused i'm like cream abdul jabbar watch some videos but I was, I was playing with this group and this guy's complaining. He's like, of course you guys are beating us. You have a better team. And I go, okay, who's your best player on your side? And he goes, this guy. I'm like, bring him over here. I'm going over to you guys. We're going to win. We're going to beat these guys. We're going to beat them right now. And I never want to hear you complain again. And if you do, I'm throwing you out of the fucking gym. Boom. And we won three games in a row. Why? Because I made him work. I didn't accept anything except for work from men. And I got men saying can't. Men with kids, men with jobs, men with wives saying can't. Stop. No, you can't. Imagine if you said can't. Imagine if can't was one of the first words in your vocabulary. Where would your business be? Where would Over. anything in your life be? I don't know about the rest of my life, but my business would be gone. <laughs> right your business will be gone i mean listen you know why do we like superheroes they don't give up they never stop they push forward you know he's got he's sure you might need help yes you're i mean he's got kryptonite around his neck he's in the pool of water he's drowning and that lady jumps in and saves him <sighs> lois lane is about to die because to die. he decided to save jimmy well jimmy's got a bright future he does. <laughs> he does. But especially know, he, in Supergirl show. Yeah. Eventually. But it. it's, you know, that world, right? That thing, that idea, that premise, that promise that we make is can't be lost. It just can't. I mean, if there's a one time to use can't, it's, it's you don't lose your drive. You don't you don't give up. You keep moving forward. You started your business, your first hiccup you made. Guess what? You didn't stop, Matt. You didn't stop. You marched. Mm -hmm. The second hiccup came. The third hiccup came. The fourth came. Someone didn't pay. Someone paid late. Someone complained. Someone, you didn't stop. You didn't look at your brother and go, not for us, man. Sorry. Let's go work at a gas Two station. Two recessions and a pandemic. Two recessions. <laughs> Sounds like that sounds like that sounds like the 2020 greatest rock and roll band of all time. <laughs> it kind of does. <laughs> two recessions and a pandemic. MTV, pre MTV presents two recessions and a pandemic. A music <laughs> biopic. <laughs> but you Thursday don't at seven central. Please tune in. Farmade. But we don't <laughs> stop. You know, and I'm not saying that people that do stop, that, 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 that they're destined for, for failure, but I'm just saying, man, if you love what you're doing, and obviously you do, 
a multitude of things that you do, whether it's working out or being a great dad or doing business, great. We as dads fail every day. We don't stop. We don't. Yeah. We love our kids. We tell them when we mess up. We tell them when we succeed. But most importantly, we love them. We put our arms around them. We go, it's not a perfect day. We've got tomorrow. Last night, I told my daughter, I was like, hey, man, the first three nights in a row, you've spent alone in your bedroom. And she goes, no, dad, I don't sleep in my bedroom. I sleep in the guest bedroom. And I'm like, that really bothers dad a lot. <laughs> you don't need to sleep in the, like I've destined you to the guest bedroom. Because when I was a kid, that was like a punishment. It's like, hey, go to the guest bedroom. I'm like, shit, what did I do wrong? Yeah, there, none of my stuff is there. No, no, nothing's there. Nothing cool's there. It's just, it's, it's a bed and blank walls. And she loves to sleep in the guest bedroom. So, you know, you, you look at those things. You're like, all right, but I, but I said, hey, dad, three nights in a row, we're getting donuts. So we go and we get donuts this morning. Donuts, man. Love it. Donuts. Oh, it's my favorite food. Oh, and I and I and I and I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm in that intermittent fasting. I stop eating at seven o'clock. I start eating at three o'clock. So I got a four-hour window. The rest of the time I'm done. I don't eat. Yeah. I had a donut this morning. She had yeah. a donut this morning, but she also had a sugar crash. Yeah. Because I Good got night. her, I got her the chocolate donut the long one bavarian cream filled like i would but oh and the bavarian cream's great because it's basically vanilla pudding it's It's so dried bread with (laughs) vanilla pudding just oozing out of every crevice and then smothered in chocolate (laughs) and she's like having a rough day you know she's not doing well in school all of a sudden it's a rough day and my wife looks and she goes, sugar crash. And I smile and I'm like, sorry, Harps, lesson learned. Dad made a mistake, lesson learned. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay to make a mistake. But now I know we just do donut days on Saturday. But we take a nap. Yeah, got nothing Guess else what? to do. <laughs> I'm good with naps. I'm bad. <laughs> I love Saturday donuts and naps. Yes. Uh, welcome, best dad ever. I know, right? Like coffee, a little bit of whiskey, a couple of donuts. <laughs> you want to go back to sleep? I would. You turn a cartoon on in the big bedroom. Dad's going to go to sleep on the king size bed. You get on the chair and you watch a couple of shows and wake dad up when you're bored. I'm in. I'm a thousand percent in. Oh, no. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh no. Who was looking at this, which it seems like this is. He's such a good actor. So good. It's crazy how he got typecast because he's such a good actor. Look at him. Dude, if you don't think he doesn't love her or miss her, you are bad. He's just super confused. He's like, how could this happen? I'm invincible. I can fix everything. Everything. The love of my life is gone. Who was your first love? Do you remember her name? Who was the first girl you said I love you to? Uh, my ex-wife. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Wow, you held it in that long? Yeah, yeah, never rolled with that. Yeah. Damn. Lenny Helmberger, 16 years old. She was so short when she sat on her couch, her feet didn't touch the floor. She was like almost a little person. <laughs> well, you said I love you so we had dated we got in trouble for drinking in the park I got arrested like I went to jail for the night at like 16 oh years goodness. old 
and I remember I wrote her this letter and I thought it was going to be so cool because I watched all these, you know, I was like into 21 Jump Street and all that stuff. And I write her this note and I send it to her and it's like, man, after missing you, spending a night in jail, I shed a tear. And then I like took a drop of water and boop, I dropped it on the, the, the letter that I wrote her so that she could like see that I like shed a tear. And oh man, it was... That was, that was it, man. I was like, oh, that's the girl. And then she moved. She moved to Portland, Oregon. She was gone. Lenny was gone and there was no Superman. There was no turning time back. There was nothing. It was just, it was what it was. But then, you know, I really fell in love with my wife and then that's real love. You know, as you know, you, you got a fiance, you get that. But yeah, craziness, man. Absolute craziness. And here we go. Here goes Superman turning back time. Hugh Matt singing, if I could turn back, he's got a better voice than me. If I could turn back time, swinging around and around. You know, I'm sure Neil deGrasse Tyson has something to say about the whole idea of how fast you would have to, the one, I don't think change the direction of a spinning earth uh, turns back time. I like the idea of it, but uh, I, don't, I don't think that happens. I think an expert like Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, who, you know, who understands all these things would obviously have to uh, interject and understand. I mean, he, he's ruined so many science fiction movies. Fuck it, Neil, why don't you ruin Superman for me and tell me how this doesn't work? Tell me how, tell me how Superman's not going not gonna to rescue Lois Lane now. Why don't, you, why don't you do that? Look at him. He's going to go back and he's going to go back. And he's going to, does he not get dizzy? Have you guys not spun around nine or six or seven or eight or 10 or 20 or 30 times? You will get sick to your stomach. You'll fall down. It's going to be nonsense. But now he knows. That's the other thing, right? Like Superman knows, so he knows how to go rescue her, go get her real quick. Can he do it all is the question. And insights into can you do it all is, is the thing. And I think that's probably the, the greatest challenge of, uh, uh, of the superhero, right? Is, is how do you do it all? How are you the man, the myth, the legend, how do you carry the weight of the world of, of what is happening? And then how do you also carry the weight of, of your own compassion and convictions? Where do those things sit with you, right? I mean, as, as, as the first real, you know, not real, but the first, you know, like global superhero, you're Superman. You've got things to do and ideas and processes and what's going to happen. And, uh, and this is the first time where all of a sudden we have a superhero perplexed with a personal relationship and, uh, and an idea of who they could be as a person while also having the idea of who they could be as someone, you know, saving planet Earth or, or, or saving a state or saving an industry or, or, or saving something. Those are those are the weights that Superman carries that are so unique to him. And you never see really a Batman, in, you know, I mean, who's Vicki Vale, but that's not the same relationship that, that Superman has with Lois Lane. And in, in, in my humble opinion, it's not. But it is the thing that, uh, that, that, that makes it magical, that, that makes Superman so special because he does see those things. He, he does wrestle with those ideas. He does um, see those, those, those concepts and, and, those, and those, 
those theories of, of, of wrestling with where am I in my personal life and how much I, I love Lois Lane and what I can do and no matter how dizzy I get to circle around and rescue her, but then how do I also rescue everybody else? You know, as, as a dad and as a, as a brother, as, as, as a family member, I wonder, Matt, how do you balance work? How do you balance life? How do you balance family? And how do you balance you? Because Superman, he can turn the world back, right? I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson obviously will ruin that for everybody, but he does it. How do you balance that? How, how do you, you know, because to your kids, you are Superman. So how do you balance all that? You're, you're an entrepreneur. You're getting calls all the time. You're doing this shit with me. So how do you, how do you balance all those things? I think as an entrepreneur, it's probably harder than most. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, <laughs> what is that saying? It's like being an entrepreneur or a business owner, it's the, the person that will gladly leave uh, or work 80 hours a week to not work 40 for someone else, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and, and so while doing that you're working 80 hours <laughs> a week you know which means you're not necessarily at the office but you're always thinking about your business you know mm -hmm. you're always thinking about the new things to do and how you can improve and maybe you're just sitting at home making dinner but that those thoughts are still in your head and you're still working those things out and it's somewhat a danger you know you have to I always have to just stop and take a a step back and and just look at my surroundings, you know, and know yeah. that I have to be present in the moment because I don't always get a chance to be in the moment. There's, you're always distracted. You always have a phone call. You always have the text. You always have the video, you know, um, but balancing it, I think has more to do with when you are there and you're in that moment, you take advantage of that moment because you don't necessarily have as much time as you you could possibly have mm -hmm. um, but as long as when you have that time that you make it count and that you make sure that you are really there and attentive and in the moment and loving that moment um, i think that's how you stay connected you know sure. with your family um and you know knowing when to say hey bosses leave early because I'm the boss. And show up late. We work 80 hours a week, but man, tell you what, yesterday at 345 was my daughter's soccer game. And guess who left the office? You know, and it's because you. my daughter's soccer game is going on right now. And there's certain things that are just more important. Um, but then I do miss family dinners for evening appointments. <laughs> you know? So there's, there's a give and take that's there. But you, um, but you, you know, and balancing it is just putting what's, what's important. My family is the most important to me. You know, and I know it's supposed to be God, family, and work, but it's pretty much family, work, and God, and it sucks. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, but at least you're honest about it. I, I will say that, you know, I'll give a shout out to, uh, to the guy I work with, man. I mean, I'm, I'm an independent person, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I was able to work with this guy, and I called him up, and I was like, hey, man, there's some stuff going on personally, and there's some things happening. He goes, okay. So I'm flying out to California to work in the office, one-on-one -on -one with him. I mean, everyone wants one-on-one -on -one time with John, everybody. And once a month, I get him for a week, which is more than the employees that work in that office every day get for a month. Yeah. And they get, you know, so, you know, Jepson's here, 
well, John's not available now because this guy's here, right? You're pissing everyone else off. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this guy, man, come on. Coming in with the goofy T-shirts and he's wearing a beer hat and, you know, we're all in suits and he's coming in from Austin and he's like, shorts and chucks and, you know, a shirt that says I'm over this shit, you know, I'm the crazy person. <laughs> But I, I emailed him and I go, hey, man, there's some stuff happening. And, uh, you know, my wife's got to travel and do some work. And he's got stuff going on, man. It's some of it's personal, but my daughter's got to come with me. And he's like, great. She's going to play office with us for a week. I'll pick you up in the Bentley. No questions. No pause. Nothing. But he's an entrepreneur. He's the guy who who understands balance and understands where balance sits to your point, work eight hours a week, 345, going to see the daughter play soccer. Yeah. You're different, right? It's, it's a different mentality. I'm not nine to five and I'm clocking your hours and making sure you're doing stuff. I trust you. Why? I hired you because you work hard, because you got a good mind, because you think differently. Good, let's do it, let's dance, let's have fun, let's create something cool. And also respect for time and respect for people and respect for family. That's the beauty of working with and being an entrepreneur is you get that. And I don't, you know, no offense to the nine to fivers, you know, we need them, but I don't think you get that. I don't know a nine to five job. You're like, Hey, this week, my kid's going to come in with me from nine to five and she's don't trust me. She'll do schoolwork. <laughs> yeah. I was doing a zoom meeting with a client and my, uh, my adorable little niece is, uh, is running around the office because for some reason Liz had to drop her off and my brother's daughter. Awesome. You know, and I'm just talking to a client and she just comes up just like your daughter was, yeah. this, you know, and she's just like, Oh, and freeze, you know, cause, cause she's Ella, you know, or whatever it is from frozen, you know, and she just freezes everybody. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's just cute. You know, it's, it's, it's hilariously fun and it's nice. I always think about it. It's like, Oh, we have daddy daycare around here, you know, sometimes. And sometimes there are two, three, four kids, you know, in our office, just because things happen, we're bringing the kids and, you know, here's the big screen and the Netflix, but come on in and, you know, we'll, we'll take some time for lunch and, you know, you can, you can do those things, you know, you're not like worried about getting fired because you don't, you know, have daycare, you know, yeah. to take care of your kid that day. And what a, what a relief for the people, right? What a relief for your brother. What a relief for you. I mean, one, just the idea of just freshness coming in is always feels good, but also no stress to the people around you, to your staff that goes, I don't have to worry about where my kid's going to go. They're welcome because I do yeah. good work. I produce, my boss sees it and my kid's welcome. That's a beautiful thing, man. I mean, I think, you know, if COVID can teach us anything, I think it can teach us a lot more of that, a lot more of what you're doing, a lot more of what John's doing, a lot more of what other people are doing, that kids aren't this thing, but they're family, because we are family, right? Yeah. We are, we are. The movie is uh, obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's wrapped up. I got two last questions for you, please, or actually probably three here. I'm horrible, okay. at closing. I'm horrible at closing this out, right? I'm the worst at, at saying goodbye. <laughs> Usually my friends are just walking away. I'm like, I just want to say, they're like, we finished beers, Jason. We'll see you later. <laughs> okay, okay, bye. Bye, bye, bye. But just wanted to, like, dah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> So three things, if we can, if I can, if I can limit to three, let me try. 
So one, um, once again, how people can get in touch with you. I know you're talking about how um, you have this uh, program and please elaborate on it about nationally, about you know how people can kind of tap into what you're doing uh, as far as events go and everything else. And, and maybe, I don't know if it's licensing or how you, how you do it where they can, they can leverage off of your expertise to, 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 to do things in their area, but talk about your business a little bit more, A. B, um, I want you to tell me just one, fun story from life just whatever just whatever pops into your head that's fun it could be ridiculous i don't care and then three just self-serving jason right i don't know how many interviews you've done but i'd like to know how i can be better so those are the three and then we'll see we'll hear the song about my daughter singing about the first time she took a poop by herself and that's how it goes <laughs> that's the okay. classy operation over here talking classy about the operation <laughs> Um, well, yeah. So, um, with my business complete wedding and events, we're a franchise organization. Yeah, so, there you go. Okay. Um, yeah. So myself and my brother are the owners of the Minneapolis and St. Paul franchise. Okay. Uh, my parents were the original owners. They, but we're, I'm from Nebraska, I'm from Norfolk, Nebraska. Um, I basically had, you know, the, the option of growing up and either being a hog farmer or a diesel mechanic and, those are wonderful, wonderful jobs. Gotta uh, have them. But, but thank goodness, uh, my dad got a part-time job as a DJ and uh, um, ended up buying that franchise. God, I want to see a picture of your dad as a DJ. I just want to see one. <laughs> Me with a bigger belly. Ah! <laughs> and an entire head of hair. Fabulous locks of hair. I'm in. So, thanks for that, Mom. But uh, um, yeah, so I mean, he, he got the opportunity to move up here in the city. It's kind of a new life, you know, for, for the family, um, work their butts off. And I ended up running that company for, for quite a while until finally myself and my brother ended up taking it over a few years ago. Okay. Um, but uh, that's as far as the national thing, that is kind of nice because I do have access to all of the trends across the country, you know, that are going on simultaneously and while it's going on. Okay. Um, that's nice for, for a lot of help. Anybody, you know, that's a vendor out there that, you know, needs any help or strategy or marketing strategy or, you know, selling strategies or operation strategies are free to connect with me, you know, um, completeamend.com or matt at completeamend.com. Um, you know, you can reach out to me. Also, I do have a, another group uh, business called the Twin Cities Wedding and Event Professionals, where we actually connect and collaborate with other vendors um, and venues around the area that uh, that do this sort of thing, you know, and put on events. So we do a lot of collaboration awesome. there too. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if anybody is interested and needs any help with an event or just advice, on an event, these things, the, people don't think about certain things a lot, you know, yeah. um, especially when it comes to staging and how you're setting things up and how you're moving flow and how your timing is, you know, most people getting married have never been married before. <laughs> so how are they supposed to know this stuff? So, you know, I mean, feel, please reach out, you know, we got amazing people in this industry. The Twin Cities market is one of the most impressive event markets in the country. You know, I mean, uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, trends really right now start in Minneapolis. They start in Dallas, Fort Worth. They start mm -hmm. in Los Angeles and they start in New York City. Wow. You know? 
And I mean, a lot of things that are going around, a lot of trends have started here. So um, yeah, I'm always willing to help or, you know, if you need an event, we can help you out with services too. But I love it. it's a really fun business to be in, man. I mean, I can think of all kinds of things where people would think that they're making more of an impact, you know, in people's lives. But man, we get to be a part of the most special critical pivotal moments in people's lives and those are those moments in their lives where like even you said when we were talking about you know the the garage bands playing during your ceremony those are moments in your life that are Mm life-changing you know that will be with you forever that change the course of your life and we get to be a part of keeping that memory and creating those memories for them and it is a very fulfilling position to be in and it's a very fun business to be in that's awesome That's awesome. Uh, memory. What, what comes to your mind? Favorite. One of your favorite memories. Kid, dad, anything. What comes to your mind? Uh, favorite memories is uh, when I was about seven years old and my dad driving to Missouri um, to get into a stream and go uh, trout fishing for the first oh. time in my life. And I, I remember, I remember this um, it's almost vaguely but I remember how I was so excited to be in my dad's old blue pickup and it's freezing cold and we're leaving at like three in the morning and we're driving for four hours and we get in and I've got waiters up to my uh up to my uh my chest just those suspender and, waiters that are just coming. yeah the suspender waiters and I'm out there in the stream and I'm trying yeah. to do it and I didn't catch a damn thing but all I remember is learning how to finally split a uh, sunflower seed in my mouth, eat the nut and spit it out whole. He taught me how to do that on a trout fishing trip. And it's one of my favorite memories. God, that's a great, it's a great visual. It's a great memory. Mike, old school, before before this ranch and salsa and habanero bullshit, sunflower seed. Yeah, yeah, the sunflower seed. And I think of that moment every time he's at like my daughter's soccer game and he's chowing on some sunflower seeds. And I'm just like, I'm back in old blue, you know. Oh. He's teaching me how to cut it with his, the top of his teeth and dig it out with his tongue and spit that sucker out. I don't know. Man, what a memory. But, That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That really is awesome. That's yeah. it. Fantastic. How can I be better? As far as what you can do better, I think it's pretty simple. You need to get in that weight room, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true science that's science i got a little something not like you right gotta there. get You're a little heavier You're weights good. man you gotta get some heavier yeah. weights no hey. i really enjoy the actually the format that you you do um it's really interesting to just be able to uh to pivot and you know, move to a movie and start chatting about that, some fun stuff, and then coming back and talking about some real issues and, you know, and then, you know, it's just, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, I, you uh, do a good job of keeping the conversation moving too. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. Well, I don't really have a lot. Well, thank you. I, I, I honestly, I appreciate that. Um, I don't say, I, I say this, but um, it's, it's a weird, this is a weird thing to say. I've said this to a couple of people, I, uh, you know, in, in politeness, but I, I really do mean this. Uh, you know, you're welcome back anytime. Uh, there's something about the hat and the beard and the <laughs> 70s and the love of Superman. Brother, man, we can, we'll talk about fishing. We'll talk about dads. We're going to talk about a lot of things. 
you're welcome uh, back. And if there's if there's something going on, if you want to promote it, if there's anything, if you just want to come back on and chat, yeah. you're welcome anytime. I really do mean that. Uh, this was a lot of fun for me. My cheeks are a little sore from smiling, which is- I have, I've been smiling the whole time, man. So, you know, so it was a good time. It was a pleasure to meet you, man. It was a pleasure, pleasure to, to be on. on. I, I would like love to come We're kind of kids with spirits, again. man. I would, like from the jump, right? We're just like, oh yeah, here we are. Let's just go. Let's just have a little- Yeah, here we are. Oh, you here look good. Are. I look good. We look good. Yeah, let's go. Look good. No one can yeah, see us. Yeah, <laughs> no one can see us. I got a couple more whites. Oh, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> but hey, man, thank you so much. I, 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 will, I like to close out with this. Um, you will go to the store and buy a banana and that shit will turn brown. And the beauty is you go back to the store, you buy another banana. You will go to the store and buy an avocado and that little prick will not be ready until it's dead and wet when you want to cut into it. And it's like, sorry, I'm, I'm spoiled. <laughs> go back and buy another avocado. That's kind of the cool thing. And time is the one thing we never, ever get back. It's the one thing that no matter what we do, we can't get it back. So for you, to take two hours of your time away from your family, your business, and who you are to, to spend it with a stranger like me. It means the world to me. It really does. Uh, to give your insights, to share your stories, your heart, who you are, your business, everything. Uh, that, is, that is something that, that quite honestly, uh, you'll never know the impact that it has on my heart and who I am because of the value of time and the way I see it. So thank you for that. I really do mean that. Um, and it's a weird thing to have such a sombering thing to say. And then my kid's going to sing about shit for the first time alone, but that's just kind of how the song goes. So <laughs> my friend, thank you so much. Let's stay in touch, please. Let's do this again. My pleasure. I'm excited to do it again. I'll have better stories. I'll have some well, more we'll, we'll do Rocky next time. I'm going to hold Rocky for you. Okay. Oh, oh, we're in. Rocky. Hold Rocky for you. Let's do Rocky, uh, Rocky October Ford. sometime. Any, any Rocky you want to do? Any Rocky you want to do? Let's do it in October sometime, okay? I'm in. I'm in October. It's a date. Be good. I'll talk to you Later, soon. Man. Thank you so much, Take man. Bye-bye.